And welcome to another edition of the Race Department Podcast, back once again for the Renegade Master. Don't look back in anger as we review the news of the world. We have F1 2019 F2 update, the latest AMS developments. We talk IndyCar, new race room content, and then we tackle this week's main topic. We're going to be talking about budget race sim racing setups. As T-Pain once sung, let's make love in the studio. Joining me in the RD virtual studio this week. First up, it's the man from the city, which a certain idiot studied at university. And once he gets started, you'll be lucky to get a word in. It's Paul Jeffrey. <laughs> Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. With the Sheffield facts for you there. I thought you might, da, 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 da. Uh, might appreciate that. Very nice, very nice. I don't look back in anger reference as well, my favourite <laughs> band. Good call, good shout. <laughs> Uh, last week he bowed on us boo I hear you cry he returns will he give us any good insight maybe will he squeeze in a mention about Ferrari probably he does have a new microphone though it's David Nativo. I'll be back <laughs> <laughs> sorry terrible impression <laughs> yeah with that, with, with that Italian accent it's never going to work is it? let's be honest <laughs> true true well, I tried it Bang, bang with the gang. Before we delve in, I have a question for my fellow podcasters this week. Which racing games have you been playing of late? Paul, Ooh, you're going to say none, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, funnily enough, only yesterday I fired Race Room Racing Experience up. So I've been watching DTM from Hockenheim and got a... Got a, a little, little bit excited, did you? Yeah, got a little bit excited. So I've done two full race distance offline races at Hockenheim in the 2016 DTM and it's been I must admit absolutely wicked right enjoyed it there you go brilliant see look I, I, I'm glad you had an answer because the last few weeks you've been like <laughs> I've been too busy racing blah blah blah, blah. I was really worried that you weren't going to have anything there it was 99% uh... certain I'd say nothing but yeah that's that was lucky 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 <laughs> oh it's like I had, I'm telepathic uh, David A how about yourself uh, I haven't had the time to um, to um, go, uh, to do um, some sim racing lately. So the last uh, game I've played is uh, a strategy game, uh, Northgard, uh, is is called. I, I think uh, the podcasters are falling asleep, David. I'm sorry, mate. I think they're. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I am eager to fire um, to fire up race room again, uh, just like Paula, because uh, lots of uh, juicy content. Uh, yeah, yeah, lots uh, coming, of content. We'll get, so, we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll get on to that a little bit later. I um, I was saying to Paul before we started recording that I did a, I bought the Nurburgring or the Nordschleife for uh, R Factor Two and did a, a collaboration event at RD. And it was okay. I really love the track. Got to say, in the uh, we were racing the GTEs. I always go for the BMW M8. But yesterday, I um, I didn't know really what to do myself. So I fired up a Seto Corsa Cisione in the first timing. Gone knows how long, and realised how rubbish my PC is because it struggled to with all the AI cars, uh, even even on low. But I was, but it looked so awful. It reminded me of racing on IndyCar by Papyrus on the Amiga. Yeah, <laughs> that I um, I had to switch the graphics up to medium just so it looked half decent. But I was getting the odd stutter. But uh, yeah, I did a, an hour race for the first time uh, at Spa and. Um, Thoroughly enjoyed it. The first half of the stint, I was terrible, um, which is a common theme with me. Second half, yeah. Um, finished. I think the AR was on 90%. I finished fourth, so I was happy with that. Really? You, you do better in the second half of the race. Rather all the time. Race. All the time. Yeah, all the time. Oh, weird. Yeah, doesn't, matter what, doesn't matter what race I do. Like, on the Nordschleife, uh, 
on Saturday, I was, again, I was saying to Paul before you joined us that, um, I yeah, crashes the barrier, spun a few times, did my pit stop, three whole laps, no incident, and I left the guy behind me by 45 seconds. So, yeah, I oh. can, yeah, it's, it just, it just seems, I think what it basically proves is I don't practice enough. That's what it proves. So, you know, time is a, um, time is off the, well, no, time is a commodity. Um, is that what I'm looking for? Yeah, whatever. Right. Uh, so, great stuff there. Uh, let's get cracking then. F1 2019, Paul. Codemasters release an F2 update. Um, uh, also, a nice little um, nod to Hubert I've seen as well in the update. Yeah, nice. Glad they've kept him in. Uh, I'm sure there's been some kind of discussion with his family or whatever to see if it's appropriate to do so. But I think it would have been a bit inappropriate to have left him out because yeah, obviously he's taken place part sorry in the championship sadly he's not he's not there anymore but uh nice on a, on a on a more positive topic it's nice to see the 2019 content of finally make it it's taken a bit longer than i would have thought because essentially it's a livery update and that's it but uh i like the f2 content in f1 2019 i really enjoy the cars i mean no one's going to say that it's a thorough simulation it is what it is it's a good uh entry level so to speak yeah racing game but i don't know the formula one cars i've not gelled with as well as i would have hoped to have done but the formula two feel quite right they feel quite good and believable and, and nice to drive and all that good stuff so any more of that kind of content is always always welcome in my eyes please with it yeah it'll be interesting it'll be just thinking about F1 2020 already, like how they'll evolve that or whether they'll maybe go drop down to the F3s, maybe. You just, yeah, call, you know, that would be sweet. Know, Put a bit yeah. of a ladder together. So yeah. I, I would imagine, I believe, and I may be wrong on this, that Formula 3, Formula 2, and Formula 1 are all under the same kind of man license management agreement. So they're all run by the same governing body, they're all under the same promoter and all that good stuff. So one would assume if Codemasters have got some kind of arrangement with FIA or FOM or Liberty or whoever it is that it will incorporate the whole spectrum of support categories so it's not like they need to go out and negotiate something new yeah, I think they probably do what Codemasters and FIFA and the like always do holding something back so they've got something new for future years so uh, yeah Formula 3 next year or year after I would be almost certain the other day, great to see the F2 content coming to uh, F1 2019, isn't it? It's uh, just adds that realism, doesn't it? Because people want the, the latest liveries on their cars. Yeah, for sure. And uh, since uh, all of the people uh, I've talked with uh, seems to really like these uh, these cars, even more sometimes than the F1 mm -hmm. uh, cars, it's uh, it's really a nice, uh, really, really a nice addition. So. Uh, uh, it's a very welcome. Why uh, do we think people like these cars more than the F1 cars? Is it because they got less power and a bit bit easier to yeah, drive? Yeah, yeah, I think no, um, not a bit more uh, competitive, bit more equal. Yeah, the fact is that uh, with uh, with the F1 cars, uh, uh, with all the power they they have and the uh, downforce they they've got, it's uh, really uh, difficult to get some um, uh, close racing. Uh, instead, with the F2 cars, it's uh, it's rather uh, it's rather easy. It's more easy to have a, uh, a close battle with another uh, competitor, with another racer, and that's always makes uh, races more uh, exciting. So I think uh, that is the the reason why. 
for their success. I mean, I think yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's good to see a new addition being received so well into the into the community, isn't it? Because yeah, for, yeah, because uh, usually you know people are kind of skeptical about uh, trying new things or uh, maybe when something that has a, a specific format uh, uh, tries something different. Uh, uh, and instead, this time it was, uh, I believe, a complete success, and so um, they for sure will uh, will be adding uh, the future of two seasons for the future games, as you guys were saying. Uh, yeah, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they evolve it. I know we've we've spoken about it again, and again, and again. You know, and that was something that other games that to- Codemasters have done in the past, where they've kind of had um, a ladder to them, and, and I think that's. Hopefully, is where the series is going. It, 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 the series for me isn't for me. It's just I struggle with the F1 cars. Um, I just always have in in, in it. So um, mm-hmm. probably my lack of skill more than anything. But um, yeah, it's really good to see it positively received, and they've um, and they've updated it. And yeah, a really nice touch. Um, with but regards to like- Hobo. Oh, sorry, mate. They sound like proper cars as well. They've yeah. got none of this hybrid garbage. They're just nice, throated, raspy little racing cars that quite simple compared to a Formula 1 car there's no making 15 different adjustments per lap on your heads up display thing it's just get in go racing everybody's got the same sort of thing they're a bit more solid so you can have a little bit more archy bargy with them and prior to it's spice of life isn't it it's always nice when you've only got like 20 cars it's nice it didn't make it its own game yeah that's true yeah 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 or it's or DLC to go with it you know like an additional additional cost so I must admit, I expected that. Which is maybe. nice that they haven't done it; that it's yeah. part of the part of the content. Yeah, but I think that it's also because they wanted uh, people to uh, to try it first. I mean, maybe, maybe. Oh, what you think they could do that next year? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, maybe because uh, if they would have sold a, a specific game for the F2 cars, uh, or maybe even just a DLC, you know, maybe uh, as uh, I was saying before, um, usually people are skeptical, so. Uh, they um, a try before you buy. Type yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have, uh, have sold uh, maybe uh, that good. Instead, uh, with a free addition, you you have nothing to lose. You try. In this case, you like it, and uh, so probably in in their next title, they're gonna give it more space, uh, and of course, that is gonna ca- come at a, at a cost. But. Uh, for such a uh, good uh, content, uh, I don't think anyone will object uh, for a small fee in return. So the drug dealer put... approach. The drug dealer approach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, free. I mean, you, you, look, you look at other, other games out there um, that aren't necessarily sim racing games, you know, their model is that kind of way. And I mean, if you look at um, Dirt Rally, for instance, I mean, you know, the content they're adding for that and that's a Codemasters Masters game. Every bit of content is buy, 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 isn't it? So, yeah. Will they try and go that same model with the next generations of well, F1 games? It's, if it's, it's a possibility, good enough, isn't it? If it's good enough, it's worth spending some coin on. I always think if it's a, if it's well done and well built. I mean, like the dirt. Why well, do they stuff. turn around and say, right, okay, for the game, you you have you can have two teams, and then if you want every other team, you've got to buy the team. If the cost point, if the price point's appropriate, yeah. So if the game's a tenner, and then each team's three quid, I've got no problem with that. Okay. I don't mind it. It, it's, it we've said about this before on the podcast. Now I've done it in articles and said it to other people. It, it's how much it's worth to you. So yeah. 
for me, uh, they could have a PGA Tour golf add-on for five quid. And everybody who buys PGA Tour golf at 50 quid said, oh, it's a bargain. For me, it's not worth three. I'm not interested. So it's all what it's worth to you. And a fiver for the 2020 Formula 2 season, yeah, I'd pay that. But somebody who doesn't like Formula 2, absolute rip-off. So it's all relative, really, how much fun you get out of it. A car's a car. You can race anything. And if it races against somebody, comparative speed, yeah, that's good enough for me. I don't mind what it is. Apart from road cars, I hate road cars. In Sims, really don't like road cars at all. They don't have the same amount of grip, do they? A bit. Well, anyway. they're just all a bit awkward, aren't they? <clears throat> yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I agree. How right. have we got to road cars from Formula Two? Well, 2019? that's you. That's you. That's just you <laughs> winning on again. <laughs> master, to be honest, heads up, folks listening to said podcast. I am so tired; it's unbelievable. So even I don't know what I'm saying. So I apologise in delirious. advance. He's yes, delirious. delirious. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, that's F1 2019 F2 update nicely covered. Moving on. AMS 2, Auto Ballista 2, uh, development roadmap update came out last Wednesday, I think it was, Paul. Um, yeah, lots of updates there and lots of pretty pictures too. And videos. It's looking sweet, isn't it, folks? What do you think, Davide? You're looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. I can I can't wait for the uh, beta or uh, early access, whatever they want to. But just give it to me. I want to try. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, the best thing about the update, Paul, that we were that we were texting about during during last week. I think it was last week. Um, but we we finally see what our fellow um, RD staff member Dave Stevenson looks like. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yes, yeah, they had the a photo. photo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah, it's. Uh, Cause you, yeah, I mean, I've talked to Dave for years, but never actually met him or, or seen him face to face. You probably had break. an image in your head, didn't you? For all yeah, and it's totally different. <laughs> totally different to what I expected. So I'm not going to tell you what I expected, but it's. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was uh, ever so bizarre to uh, finally put a face to the uh, to the Yorkshire voice. Yeah. So um, so lots lots of updates. I mean, they they they've put some videos out there, um, different different types of cars around Interlagos. I haven't actually watched that back um, yet. Um, but you, they've announced the, the um, uh, Brazilian Sprint Race Series, that which is an unusual-looking car, isn't it? Yeah, I kind of couldn't work, couldn't work out what car that is because it looks a little bit like a, um, a Renault Clio to me that's just kind of been extended a little bit. Uh I'm not particularly familiar with that with that racing series. You've got the Formula V12 they've announced, um, but yeah, like there's so much like the AMS One and R Factor Two bundles. There's just there's just content being thrown around willy nilly. Yeah, Isn't well, it? the thing is with the uh, with AMS Two as well. For anybody who's a beta backer, uh, you've got access to the Rise of Fifty One forum uh, by default for if you've crowdfunded it or you've signed up early or whatever and they've got a list which I can't talk about here because obviously it's to be kept within the beta backer area but uh, they've got a list of confirmed cars and tracks so far and that's ooh that's shaping up nice is that that is shaping up really nice and that's only what's confirmed and there's a load supposedly according to the same post uh, a thing still to come and some some big hitters that they've not uh, signed the deal with or they're not ready to, to put out there yet so content wise it's looking like it's going to be a really really sweet game and I love 
things like I say, like like you just said, Paul, that that obscure uh, Brazilian series. I love mm. the the more obscure stuff, uh, which I think rises so well. It kind of sets so it well. apart from all other racing yeah. series because a lot of the yeah. games, you know, if you look at the kind of the biggest console seller games out there, which we refer to a lot, you know, they've got the same content again and again and again, haven't they? As where this is kind of, it's it's something different. Well, the thing is, in sim racing. I mean, let's be honest, even the rubbish, quote, rubbish sims, they all do it simulation to a really, really high degree. So a lot of it's down to your personal preference. So person A will like Sim X and not like Sim Y. Mm -hmm. Both of the sims are fundamentally good. It's just your own taste. So having the same track across five different sims invariably means I'm going to go back to my default favourite sim and not drive the other four. So even if they're good, they're getting written off. Whereas what AMS feels like it's doing is a bit like what Race Room have done. And they're bringing the slightly less usual stuff in, which makes it a reason to turn on that sim. Uh, again, if you had, I don't know, let's pick a track at random. If you had Silverstone, let's keep it English. You had Silverstone in Race Room, R Factor 2, AC1, ACC, Ultima Ballista 1. Uh, have I missed any? Project Cars 2. I'm going to go with Air Factor 2 every time because that's my favourite sim. So yeah. that's that's five other titles I'm not going to play on. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of pointless. But you've got Brazilian cars in Ultima Ballista. I'm always going to go to that because that's the only way that does yeah, it. Yeah, you're going to race it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've yeah, got yeah, Bilsterberg that's just come out for race room. So I'm always going to go to race room and have a go. So it's a really clever idea, I think, from Rise Studios to do, to focus on the less usual. Yeah, yeah, and also what's really exciting is it's only a couple of months away now until it's going to be released day by day. So, you know, yeah, really I, 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 I get, I get the, um, you know, it's an early Christmas present. I guess it's going to be before the Christmas festive period. Um, but yeah, you sound I, very, very excited about this game, Dave. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I hope that uh, you know, fingers crossed, uh, no, nothing uh, happens that uh, delays. Uh, the the release of the of the beta or uh, you know uh, well now you've said kind. something yeah that's exactly what's going to happen no no i'm touching <laughs> what do you guys touch wood iron <laughs> uh, no yeah, yeah it's a it's what amazing. excites you the most david eh? uh okay two two things uh one is the engine uh, uh this, sorry the audio uh engine yeah the audio they've upgraded that yeah. quite nicely by the by the looks of it yeah. yeah because i remember when i first started uh, playing uh, games and uh, scenes on uh, on pc it was a uh, back in the late 90s where uh, when um, uh, audio cards uh, were uh, were a thing <laughs> and uh, every developer was trying to push uh, uh, on the audio can I, side can I just point out they are still a thing yeah and i have one in my pc <laughs> but it's not like uh, like before i mean if you remember in the in the late 90s uh, uh, when um, a sim de developer was making, uh, you know, a flight sim or a racing sim. Mm -hmm. He was trying to do something new also on the audio compartment, maybe pushing the number of sounds like 8 to 16 to 32 and or, uh, you know, the, uh, the quality, the, uh, the sample rate, uh, ratio, uh, things like that. Well, instead, yeah. uh, nowadays, uh, uh, yeah, lately the uh, more uh, more developers have um, have started focusing on uh, audio more. Uh, Race room, for example, makes uh, makes it uh, uh, you know uh, uh, proud. They're proud to be 
to have some of the nicest uh, um, engine notes in uh, available uh, uh, among all, all of the themes but um, to see that uh, Reza is putting you know that extra effort uh, into trying and uh, and pushing more the limits of the uh, audio engine is uh, is nice to see and uh, the second thing is the uh, wet physics I don't know if you saw the video uh, where there is the um, uh, the F1 car, the one from the Turbo era, on slicks uh, on uh, on rain. It's amazing. It's really oh, I haven't really seen amazing. it yet. No, but I have. I have. I have not got around to watch it yet. The thousand horsepower. Yeah. Car. It's, yeah. It's, it's incredible, and uh, uh, you know, um, Project Cars 2 uh, has its uh, its strong points, but uh, wet physics. Uh, uh, I didn't like it very much. Instead, uh, what uh, Reza is doing with the same engine, but uh, with some uh, upgrades uh, and polishing here and there, uh, looks already uh, astonishing. Oh, I'm just looking at it now, if I've been honest, and my PC will not be able to handle that. No, no, no. They I... said uh, they said that uh, their um, their version of uh, you know of you know, of the yeah. Madness engine will be lighter than the right. Project Cars 2 version. It looks version. so good. Yeah. And even and like the sun, I mean, it's, it's a simple little details that I like in games like this. It's like the sun glistening off the water and also onto the visor. Um, yeah, just, yeah. yeah those, you know, those, those little touches that yeah. uh, add to the overall experience. And that's your, what you get with Razer. Yeah, they, yeah. they really nail every detail. And even, so. the thing is, when you get little details like that, like, it's amazing. Like, when you're in VR for me, um, they... You, I, I find myself squinting because the image is so bright. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it takes that whole realism to um, to another level. But yeah, they just yeah, it just looks. You just and it, it just looks so good. And with the history that Razor have got, you just feel confident that they're going to put this into a decent package. They're going to take this engine. Not only they're going to make it look good, but they're going to make it drive good and that's and that and that's really important and it'll be interesting to see how they've handled the menus and things like that as well because be honest i mean auto ballista one i think we could be honest here the the menus could be a little bit better could they not yeah it was a uh, some sort of you can say dated uh, layout but you know they uh, that's what they had to work with so uh, yeah it's understandable but as, at the same time yeah you're perfectly right it was uh you know a bit outdated as a yeah as yeah. a menu yeah no uh yeah lots to, lots to look forward to any final words on auto ballista 2 paul well i think davide covered it off perfectly the thing with riser is they do the fine detail better than anybody else and that's what i'm most looking forward to <clears throat> they've got a uh, a larger canvas to work from now with the madness engine compared to the old g motor that they use for ams1 and uh I'm really, I, to be honest, I echo Davide exactly. I'm excited to see how they can improve on what Project Cars did, which for me, I'm unimpressed across the board with P Cars. It's not a not a good product for me personally, but it looks pretty and it's got some raw potential. So I'm keen to see if they can turn that potential and those good looks into something that's a semi-realistic experience, which I'm sure they can. Uh, just looking forward to the fine detail and the little touches that they put in and just see how, hopefully, this can be the first true next-gen game 
that's not quite managed it yet. I mean, Seto Corsa Competizione has done a fantastic job moving that forward, but it's uh, it's limited to a single series or multiple series now, but still a single type of car. Whereas AMS has two feels like it's the more traditional sim experience that we know where you've got loads of different cars and tracks and whatnot so for me it's the first truly new generation of that kind of game so yeah super excited cannot wait and i keep badgering them almost weekly to let me have a preview build and they just won't do it they waited till it's till it's ready so uh, i will keep fighting the good fight for that one <laughs> You keep you keep trying, my friend. You keep trying. It's not gonna happen, right. man. I'll keep trying, but it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm sure, just like just like us, there are lots of people waiting with bated breath with, uh, to get in their hands on it. Any idea how much the game's gonna cost for those who didn't um, uh, pre-order it or get on involved early doors? Do we have well, any I'm ideas? Not sure. I'm not sure. They did give some prices, but I think like. Riser are famously good at not selling things and just giving it away. So yeah, yeah. I don't probably about three pence and maybe a bag of peanuts or something. <laughs> going that sounds that sounds good because I haven't got a lot of money to my name right now, so that'd be that'd be really really good. I had a boiler issue, so uh, you know all those things. Not Ooh, good. And yeah, just I know. As winter approaches. <laughs> oh, you know, exactly that. Hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. Went my water. Right. Uh, we, we're not here to talk about my boiler though. Uh, moving on. Item number three, IndyCar. Now, um, Paul and I have spoken a few times, not only on this podcast, but via uh, messages this season talking about the IndyCar season. This is probably the first time in a long time that I've started to get back into IndyCar. And I think a lot of that's to do with the fact that the Sky Sports F1 channel in the UK has picked up the the, the racing series, which is really good. Um, but we'll, we'll talk more about that in a, in a moment. Uh New Garden, 2019 champion. Uh, so that's Joseph New Garden. So that's uh, well done to him. He uh, clinched it the final round at Laguna Seca, uh, which is good to see. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the racing. I think I've mentioned it before. I love the push to pass uh, model. Uh, I like I like watching uh, Felix Rokenquist as well. Though he's a rookie, but he's 27. And I always think of rookies as being like early, young, you know, younger, you know, early 20s. Um, yeah, especially yeah. when you look at you compare it to Formula One, and you've got the likes of Lando Norris, Max Verstappen, um, Charles Leclerc. Uh, help, who else is there? Um, Ocon as well, who's going to return for next season. You know, they're all in like early twenties as being a rookie. Um, so yeah, um, Paul, um, I want to talk to you about the F the F one uh, Sky Sports channel coverage because. I think one of the things holding back IndyCar as a kind of a global sport is its lack of kind of coverage, um, kind of adherence to other markets. Yeah. So what I mean by that, listeners, if you, if you don't watch the feed in the UK, and I don't know if it's the same in other in other countries, so do let us know, tweet us at, at Race Department, but um, let us know or post in the forums. Um, so during the the adverts in America, which there are a lot of them in American television. If you've ever been to America or if you've ever uh, watched American television, there are a lot of adverts. And during the IndyCar, there are regular ones. And what they do is they kind of break away the commentators uh, from NBC in the States stop talking, and then you're just left with the audio sound. There are no on, there are no on TV graphics. It just goes, and and then you see like images of people going into the pits and people overtaking this and that and without having the commentators there you're a little bit lost sometimes Paul aren't you as to what 
going on. So for me, they've got to change something, haven't they? To kind of they want IndyCar, which is a great sport, great series, great entertainment. They've got to do something, haven't they? It's it's. I mean, for fear of uh, offending our American friends that are listening to this, it's a very American production. The yeah. whole thing. It's. I mean, I know it's a US-based series, so I get that completely. But I find with American sports, they are very inward-looking at themselves and don't worry about the rest of the world too much. And I think, like Formula One, for example, they have a world feed that they send out to whatever market wants to run it, and then they put their own comms on it and front-end and back-end and everything. And like you say, what they've done here is it's an American production with the American commentators all cited at the track. And then, as you say, when adverts come in, you've got a whole load of nothingness apart from just the screen. The adverts, are, there's loads of adverts. They last for ages. Yeah. Because of what American sport tends to do, they tend to build up to the advert first. So stop talking about the race and start talking about the whatever sponsorship for whatever yeah. insequential yeah. thing they've got. And then when they come back, they have like a one-minute graphic or something I really don't care about. <laughs> or like a really cheesy, shiny guy selling. And also, is their music choices when they go to the adverts are terrible. The whole thing is just... For a it European, just stinks it's of jarring. cheese. It just stinks yeah. of cheese. I'm sorry, the American it does. listeners. Yeah. And it's always been like this. I used to watch the PPG IndyCar World Series and the car back in the day, and it's always been the same, and they've never moved away from that model. But it's just... It makes it a difficult viewing experience for anybody that's watching it outside of the uh, United States. Yeah, yeah. But I think the other thing that bugs me as well is they really need a better sound engineer because the the, the clipping all the time on the yeah. bees. And, and, and also like sometimes it. like the no, the music levels come in too loud and things Everything. like that. Like, it's all it's like the hour. guy who's doing the audio is deaf. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> but the clipping on the, on the P's in particular, yeah. and it seems like, because I've heard it, I can't unhear it. Oh, and it yeah. seems like, and that's uh, Powers Penske passes Pagano at St. Pete for a perfect manoeuvre. And it's like, stop saying the P all the goddamn time. It spoils it for me. So, yeah, for me personally, as a European, what I would love to see is uh, a world feed and then sent out to host nation broadcasts. Yeah. So uh, we could have... Uh, because as well, again... Based in the UK, the American style of calling a race is just feels a little bit. It's not what I'm used to. I'm more. I'm more used to the uh, Martin Brundle, David Coulthard style. Yeah. A bit more detail, a bit more depth. Where that one's more color commentary. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. a little bit less. Even the even the experts like they've got Paul Tracer, a driver I respect greatly. Even he's not really giving you any insightful stuff. He's just kind of more calling the... And the wind blows and the car turns around the left-hand corner, which is fabulous. I can see that. But how about telling me what it's like to drive yeah, that yeah, 900 yeah. brake horsepower car three yards yeah. away from the game from... Yeah, break it down a bit more. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I completely go. I, I like, you know, going back to your comment as well, and it, it, like you say, it's not a dig at, at, at any American listeners, but... Oh, God, no, they, not they, at all. They, 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 they love an American driver. You know, yeah. and sometimes you feel like the other drivers don't necessarily get as much love as it's a very you know, it's a very nationalistic series, which is yeah, like Simon Pagano, who you know who finished second um, in the championship. You know, like he wasn't. You know, they really wanted um, Joseph Newgarden to do it, and that's that's understandable. But sometimes you've got to remain a little bit neutral 
for your, for your viewership, but I guess it is an American audience that they're well, predominantly thinking about when they're commentating. So, yeah, I mean, the world's still feed... keep getting excited about Ryan Hunter Ray. Ryan Hunter Ray's not <laughs> been exciting for the last five years. So, I mean, how he even warrants a mention is, yeah. is magic. Because it'd be nice <laughs> for us to have some, you know, British commentators doing the feed where they can concentrate, you know, give. The, the, you know, the rubbish Brits uh, are looking, you know, like well, the I'm Max Chilton some... who's been racing out there for God knows how I long. Mean, how he, he still gets to drive in anything's a miracle. Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. It's not so much, it's not even national, it's not even like nationalism I'm particularly bothered about. It's just because it's so truncated, there's a thousand adverts, there's awkward silences, yeah. there's poor sound mixing, there's cheesy graphics selling me stuff that I can't even buy over here. It all just, it's a good job the racing's good. Yes. Because it makes it a it very make, yeah, difficult experience. It makes it worth experience. hanging about for because yeah. at first, when I started watching it at the beginning of the season, I must admit, I quite liked the breaks and just hearing the audio. But that novelty wore off pretty quickly. Well, when you've got a five-minute advert, you've got a one-minute build-up to the advert, yeah. two and a half minutes worth of gubbins right, after it, and then again. three more minutes and you're on another five-minute advert. It's kind of, oh, God. And then when they come back, inevitably, they've missed something important. So they'll replay it, but I've already bloody seen it. I just want to watch the racing. So, yeah, it's a shame. And I hope they improve on that going forward because it's in a growth period, IndyCar. This season has been spectacular i yeah. think it's been fabulous the proper cars on proper tracks we old school drivers and it's just and, it, and it's unapologetic motorsport there's no hybrids or trying to be green or anything like that it's big brash noisy fast loud and dangerous which is basically what i fell in love with motor racing for yeah and i'm yeah. constantly getting feeling like, like more I've and said, more like, outlined for that i think we we touched on it last time out um i think we did uh well i said you know like what I like about it is it's back to basics, isn't it? It's not overcomplicated you know, with yeah, the pit exactly. stops and things like that. It's you know they haven't they don't need to have a thirty man pit crew or whatever. You know, taking the Mickey out of Formula One there a bit, but you know, I just and that's, it's and that's, racing and that's for what the sake I like about it. it. It's motorsport for the sake of it. Yeah, and it seems to be that neck of the woods. That that end and of the, the track world, limit like... things we've spoken about before at yeah. Texas. You know, they're just pushing the limits and. And that's what I kind of kind of like about. It. I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of the oval racing part. Oh, oval racing is awesome. No, I'm not, that's not for me. That's that. But I, you know, when they're going around, you know, Laguna Seca and, and Long Beach or wherever else they go around, love it. Absolutely love it. But the next topic I want to come into with IndyCar is um, to kind of bring Davide in this because I think he's you know, he's kind of still on the sidelines because he doesn't really follow IndyCar like like you and I do. Um, is uh, the testing that they have been doing. So this thing is called an aero screen. Um, and uh, it's, it, well, basically it's their, um, you know, Formula One introduced, uh, oh God, the name's forgot. What is it called? What did Formula One introduce? The other cars that's horrible. Halo. Halo, Halo. thank you. My mind <laughs> just went blank. This I thought you their... were you were about to drop some joke or something like that. No, no. <laughs> I wasn't sure no, if no, I was, no, no. My if mind I had just, to respond listen, or not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a young man anymore. My mind just plays tricks on me. So yes, they introduced the Halo now what two seasons ago, and there was a lot of hate towards that. Um, IndyCar have gone a different way, and it's called an error screen. The way to, I would describe it is it's a little bit like what you'd say see on a jet fighter. Um, but without a lid, without a top. So the screen is in front. If you haven't seen what it looks like, uh, go to racedepartment.com. Paul posted an article uh, on it with some pictures last Wednesday. Uh, go and take a look. 
I'll be honest, but looking at it now, and I, I was aware of it, but I hadn't really been paying much attention to it until today. I looked at the picture earlier on, and I was like, God, that's worse than the Halo for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the the early version of the Iris screen was, uh, was really gorgeous. Uh, it was uh, really nice from an aesthetic point of view. Uh, because it it looked like um, you know as you were saying uh, uh, a jet fighter screen. It was very aerodynamic and uh, uh, light, uh, uh, compact. But uh, oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. At the same time, you know, watching uh, back now at, at those pictures, uh, you can understand you can understand why they discarded discarded it because. Um, it doesn't offer that much of protection against the vertical threats because if, if um, a bolt or something like that uh, uh, goes towards you in a horizontal line... It was a lot, was a lot line, more shallow, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of protect, but if uh, a, tire, a tire or something like that comes from, the, uh, from above, mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't offer uh, that much of protection compared to not having uh, anything at all. The new version is much more uh, uh, sturdier, robust looking, uh, but as, at the same time, as you were saying, uh, it is pretty horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it is uh, like an, uh, an halo yeah. with uh, a, a glass <laughs> all yeah. around it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's pretty horrible. And, uh, you know, it is true that, uh, uh, you know, the important thing is that it works, uh, the driver is safer and all those things. But at the same time, uh, I am uh, that kind of uh, school that thinks that uh, this kind of solution, when they are, uh, you know, uh, impacting the aesthetics of the cars, need to have uh, some kind of uh, appeal because, uh, you know, maybe someone was trying to watch for the first time uh, a racing series uh, wants to look at something that has, uh, you know, that is good looking. And uh, among other things, of course, it's it's not the only <laughs> the, the only reason why you would watch uh, uh, or not watch a racing series. But it, it adds it, it is an element adding to the to the um, uh, uh, to the beauty of a, of a car. And uh, you know, let's hope that it's just a first version, and maybe they'll improve it uh, afterwards. Uh, uh, as they did with the Halo, which uh, yeah, it's, it's still uh, it's still the same concept, but it's uh, it's becoming uh, a little bit better with time. So maybe let's hope the same happens with the Hero Screen too. <laughs> let's hope. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The initial the initial kind of um, design of it was a lot more was a lot smaller, wasn't it? Like it was a lot yeah. more sleeker. Yeah. Where now they kind of they can see the difference. So they've kind of raised it. And then they put these kind of, um, I would imagine what they probably support. It's a bit, you know, in, on the top of it. So you've got now these black kind of lines on it that just make it look ugly because you've taken away the form of the glass. Yeah, also because the, there are those like, I don't know if they are real bolts or... Uh... Uh, or yeah, just or, like or just yeah, you yeah, know, some, yeah, yeah. But mm, they don't look good. Uh, it's uh, you know the, some kind of a um, metal band thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, in there it's it, uh, it's. Yeah. But also from a from a driver's point, it's surely because like with the halo, uh, 
you know, like you've got the middle strut in Formula One, right? And eventually your eyes are going to, that's just going to blend into your focus, right? So you're going to, you're not going to see that. But with an aero device like this, an aero screen, a bit like your visor, you're going to have objects hit it, aren't you? Yeah, because you're and not And what are you going to do? Have... Put your hand out to try and wipe it clean? Yeah, they're going to have uh, some kind of mop inside the cockpit yeah, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. overextend. Yeah, I mean, Paul, what, I mean, you know, what are your thoughts on it? I don't like it. I don't Is... like, I don't like any of this Halo aero screen malarkey. I see the reason why we need it. I know that we live in a world where safety must be... Paramount. Yeah, absolutely yeah. paramount, but... Ah, uh, for fear of being controversial, I also think that open wheel cars are open wheel cars. So they either are, sorry, open cockpit cars are open cockpit cars, or they're not. Well, so yeah, trying I mean, to be, I mean, to be I, both so is stupid. If we, if we look at the Halo, for instance, yeah, it, 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 it you know, it's, I agree, it's still not great, but I think no. it's a kind of a nice kind of in-between. It's a less poor solution. Yes, that's where this is shocking. Well, the idea of the aero screen originally was, as you say, is to give you a, a more thorough protection of the head space, mm -hmm. which the halo doesn't do. It fails miserably at that. It's great if a car lands on top of you, but if a little bit of debris like happened to Barrichello... Um, and and um, Massa. And Massa, sorry, not Barrichello. It was Barrichello's yeah. car. It came off, weren't it? Yeah, Massa. It, it's, it's, Halo's useless, unless you freak a nature look at it and it hits the upright. Uh, so that's kind of Because we have pointless. seen recently in a, in, a, in a race, actually. Yeah, yeah. So don't get me wrong. It's a, they've all got the place. But yeah. I see what they're trying to do with the aero screen, which is a much smarter idea, is if you're going to protect the head, protect the head. Uh, but it's ugly as sin. And what they seem to have done for this, as Davide <laughs> said, is... Every time I say ugly, I try to say like not I say as ugly as F, you know? Like, I just... Because yeah. it is ugly. It's that revolted. It just kind of brings those emotions to the forefront. It's, it's offensively ugly. And, yeah. But, but the thing is, for me, I am, dead, I am dead set from an aesthetic point of view against these sorts of things. So I'm always going to hate it. I hated the other aero screen as well, the Nita version. But this is just a halo with Perspex attached to it. It's exactly the same shape as a halo, but then it's got the screening round it. And like I say, I, I agree that the, this head protection is something that's, that's safer than not having it. Whether we should keep it open cockpit and run those risks or not, it's a different debate altogether that I'm not going to get into. But you're either, it's either open cockpit or it's not. So if it's open cockpit, don't have head protection. And if it's not open cockpit, put a roof on it and do it properly. Don't bolt some crap onto it after the event and try and get away with it and then and this is this is a society thing that winds me up then you always get the brigade and this is both the community and the sports power brokers themselves oh well you'll get used to it and in a year's time you'll not even notice it why do i have to get used to something why can't you bring something out that's awesome and then yeah. say wow that's awesome rather than something else that's cack and you look at it and say, oh, yeah, but the engines sound like crap. But give it two years and you'll not notice anymore. Oh, the halo looks ugly. But give it a year, you won't realise anymore. Oh, the cars are all disproportionate. But don't worry, because in 12 months, you'll hardly even notice. Why can't you just bring something out like the Australians do, like the Formula 5000, where, look at this. This is a whole box of kick-ass. Everything's awesome. And you look at it and go, wow, yeah, it really is. Cool. Why can't we do that? So, but that's the world we live in. It's... it's you've got to compromise do it properly and turn it into a closed cockpit formula that it's done by design and it's yeah. really awesome and the drivers are safe as houses or 
leave it open cockpit and say these are the risks, get in the car if you want to or don't. And yeah, you know, it's, just, it's, just, it's just an interesting way they've gone, really, because, you know, apparently back in 2018 with the original design, the late Charlie Whiting came out and basically said, you know, it's not as effective as the um, Halo. Um, and I think that must have been because the top was quite open. The front, you know, the driver's kind of facing um, out of the cockpit was was covered, but... There's an it's just not strong why, enough though to withhold the Yeah, and you can also see why, why they've redesigned it, but they've just done it in a way... And I, I wonder, from a driver's point of view, what that what that's like, because you're used... To, I, mean, I know you've got an advisor on, but, you know, you're going you're gonna to be kind of used, I guess, to some kind of wind coming at you because you're going at such speeds... I think um, they'll get used to it. I think Scott Dixon were quite a fan. I think after he ran at Indy, he were quite, quite content to say it's race ready to go. But it just looks like someone's gone. Ah, does anybody know anybody that works at a metal shop? Let's <laughs> weld some big ass pieces of metal together, put some perspex on it, and go racing. Which it just looks like some. It looks exactly like what it is. Something's been bolted on after yeah. the event. Yeah. Which is awkward and uncomfortable looking, and just meh. Yeah. Any last words, Davide? No, I was thinking uh, to what Paul was saying uh, that uh, I agree with him that uh, when something uh, uh, that you add to the to the car, to the structure of the car, um, impacts uh, the way a drive affects the way a driver has to drive the car. Uh, in the end, it should be a driver's de- decision. I mean. Um, I think that's what Paul was saying, that uh, for something like this, the decision should have been done to the drivers, so they were, they should have decided if they wanted something like this or not, both the ALO and the air screen. But at the same time, I think, um, responding back to Paul, that uh, I think the problem is that um, the society we live in is, is changed. So, um, if the motorsport back uh, even just uh, 30 years ago was dang- dangerous and uh, recognized as, uh, as dangerous, but you know, people uh, watched it all the same, even, even if a driver died, uh, you knew it was part of the... Uh, the risk. Yeah, part yeah. of the risk. The drivers knew it and the spectators knew it. And um, as I was saying in another pod, uh, at the same time, you also knew that uh, uh, it wasn't in vain. It was for for progress, uh, uh, for the evolution of the technologies that maybe uh, uh, could save uh, a thousand more lives on the road. But nowadays, uh, you know, we uh, uh, we as people, as spectators, uh, do not want to watch. Uh, uh, these kind of things happening anymore. So if uh, if a, fa- a fatal accident happens and uh, nobody does uh, anything about it, uh, uh, people stop start to stop watching uh, races and uh, sponsors run away. And so that is something that uh, who runs the business uh, doesn't want to see. And so these kind of compromises happens, uh, and uh, it will it will be interesting to to have the honest opinion of a driver but yeah in uh, in uh, in truth you will never have it because uh, if a driver would say 
no, the, the halo is, uh, is garbage, uh, it's horrible, I wish I could go back to the older cars. It could maybe be fired or, you know, uh, pushed aside uh, because uh, his opinion would be, uh, you know, a bit uh, uh, polemic. Get some so beers in Kimi Raikkonen. He'll tell you the truth. Yeah, he would, yeah. wouldn't he? Get him, get him a couple of beers and maybe yeah. a, shot, a shot or he something. Won't, he won't say no to or, a beer or two, will he? No, I reckon not. I reckon he'll say he'll tell us how it's like. I'm sure. Okay, he will. so after Lando, next interview with Kimi. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have to have it to have him on the pod. Yeah, get get working. Can, get working. I can, I can predict exactly how that one will go. So, Kimi, are you happy with your season so far? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about Formula One? fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love his one word answers they're the best thing about him right okay so uh, that's IndyCar nicely covered next item race room um, got lots of content coming 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 um, I've seen a couple of comments about well you know from people that this content's great but what about the other things going on but I guess the, the new content keeps the money coming in and the world going around so can I say something Paul just real quick. Yeah. Okay, to the listeners of the pod hoping that this word spreads, stop saying stupid things like that. I mean, every time any developer pushes <laughs> out a car or, or a truck, then someone has to say, if, if he or she feels the, the, the right, that it, it is right to say, oh, and what about these other things? Oh, you mean like you they are, are when working it comes to all factor two? Yeah, yeah, I know, they are, yeah. They are working also on those things. Just because they are making a, a new car, a new truck, it doesn't mean that they are, have stopped working on everything. It's yeah. just so stupid I know and annoying to, and annoying to read. So please, li dear listeners, stop saying, <laughs> what about uh, these they're and not, that? They're not, just they're enjoy just, the they're just There were angry people around the other day. And, um, yeah, I know. But you know, and, they, and they're just people that you can't please, you know? Um, they're always, the always going to be there, unfortunately, my friend. That's the most excitable I've heard you the other day about yeah, topic. Or angry. That's I think really, I, that's, that's I don't really... want to call that excitable. I think I call that angry. I'm trying yeah. to be polite, but that, yeah. was, that was quite an emotional uh, an emotional <laughs> plea we're from uh, David yeah, into no, the room. Aren't we? we're, we're, no, he's he's learning to be more British the more time <laughs> he's, he's, he spends with us. And uh, <laughs> you, you couldn't see me because it's a, it's a podcast, but I was waving my hands all around. <laughs> <laughs> he's just gesticulating. He's like, he's angry. Just stop, that's a please, good word. Just gesticulating. Yes, <laughs> I use a big word on the podcast. Um, so last week they released Dubai, uh, Dubai Autodrome. Um, so Sector Three, and that's studios. a lot better track than I thought it was. I had an idea in my head; it was something different. And then drove it for the first time just before doing the DTM race yesterday, and went, "Ooh, hello! This is actually no, a really honest, good I track." Don't, I don't know it. I think a lot of people I when don't. they hear when they hear Dubai will think Formula One, but it isn't the it, it, yeah. that isn't the track because I'm thinking no, no, like no. Bahrain version two. I'm yeah, thinking just a boring it's, track. But it's yeah, but there's also different countries. Bahrain and Dubai are completely different countries. No, but, but that's what I'm thinking in my mind. You know, like just a kind of tilcadrome type, plain, dull. Not a lot of scenery, not a lot going off around it. I was just thinking, like, basically, like a Bahraini type thing. And no, it's really, yeah, really Abbey, good. Abbey, I think a lot of people get mixed up between Dubai and Abu Dhabi, you see. So. Yeah, yeah, there's also, yeah, well, it's the same. Well, it's it, the Yas Marina circuit, isn't it? In take, Abu away, Dhabi. The, take away the scenery, and Dubai and Yas Marina are both really lousy, boring, 
kind of circuits, aren't they, really? They're kind of like soulless. And if I said to you... Did you mean Bahrain or Dubai when you said that? Bahrain, sorry. Right. If I said to you Bahrain or Abu Dhabi, tell me one section of corners that gets your pulse racing. Yeah, you're not going to. You might no. be able to talk about the large multicoloured building that goes over the last sector in Abu Dhabi. Or you might be able to tell me about the deserts in Bahrain, but none of the corners do, are particularly attractive. I do quite like the, the first long sweeping corner at, um, at Bahrain. Okay, then. Spoil my little piece, why don't you? <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> I like that long kind of sweeping right-hander right that it kind of goes down into the left because it's quite tricky. Yeah, but to be I fair, though, like, between the three of us, we've managed to pinpoint one corner yeah, one that's bit. quite that's okay. That I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of the Avid uh, uh, Yas Marina at all. No, but no. the thing is, though, this, nice. this Dubai track, yeah. I kind of thought we are going to get more of the same and okay. didn't really look into it. But visually, it's the scenery around it's very interesting and stuff. The layout's really good. And the thing, the way that Sector 3 have made it, man alive, it's absolutely beautiful. Really genuine. I mean, I'm coming from a person that's done four laps on the short version in the Audi TT just to give it a try. But good Lord almighty were I impressed. That is a really sweet track. Really, really good job from Sector 3 on that one. Yeah, so uh, like I said, I don't really know the track it's, uh, itself. It, was in, uh, it, it was also in came with some, um, with some other updates as well, didn't it, Paul? Um, some updated physics for yeah. GTR1, GTR2, Honda Civic TC1. Um, <laughs> couldn't easily alternate between forward and reverse gears. I mean... That's a bit of a bug. Um, updated physics for the Pagini Zonda. Oh, I mean, AI behavior goes... changes, mirror tweaks, all kinds of stuff going on, and a and a new track. So, how much did that new track cost me? Four forty-four. Four forty-four. Yeah, it's right. not dear. And there's five. Like, there's four layouts. Hey, that's that's pretty reasonable. So you've got like the international, then a couple of different clubbies and whatnot, smaller ones for like slower cars and everything. Yeah, so it's not bad, man. I don't, I don't think. feel the need to go and buy it. I'll be honest. Can you test it though? In the, I, I can't remember how it works. I know you can test cars before you buy. I don't know yeah. if you can with tracks, but it's one that really is honestly. It's going back to the start of the pod where we're talking about weird and wonderful things. So they've got that. They've got Bilsterberg coming out in the near future. Both unusual but what looked like real quality tracks so uh, a bit of some variety a bit of something different it's good it's good yeah and uh, not long after that release um, David Day they've announced Blisterberg which uh, as far as I know is a track located in Germany and that's all I know about it so what do yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> no I I think I've uh, I've seen some onboard footage uh, you know, on YouTube when you, uh, let's say, are on the toilet and yeah. <laughs> browsing through the YouTube home, uh, looking for some videos and uh, so something uh, comes up. And um, I think I've watched something, uh, jokes aside, uh, in the past, uh, some onboard footage, but, you know, just I don't like think, that. I don't think I've ever recorded a game where I've raced it. No, I don't think it was ever included in, at least in a sim. Maybe no, in... and I think a lot of that's to do with the fact it only opened in 2013. Because when hmm. I, because I watched the onboard that Paul's posted on the link, yeah, uh, of the of the article www.racedepartment.com uh, to check that out. Um, and my first note was, hey, it looks modern. That was mm -hmm. like seriously, True. my first thing was looking at the buildings, thinking that all looks new. 
So is that like a redevelopment? And I've just looked it up, and no, that's because it's um, not even ten years old yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a nice track. It's oh, uh, guess guess who designed it? Who designed it? Yes. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Formula One designer. Not, Come on. Not everybody's favourite track designer, is it? Yeah. Good lord, it must have been a mistake. It must have been one of his understaff or something, did it? <laughs> <laughs> it also cost 34 million euros. Um, so here you go. Right, so here's... Here, I'm reading this off the internet, right? The Bilster Mountain Drive Resort is located on the site of former ammunition depot of the British Arms Forces in Germany and is located within a larger forest area in the eastern foothills of the Ergen. Burge, I'm going to pronounce that. There you go. I'm not going to. Put, yeah. I'm not going to read the rest because I've seen there's some other words. You've, that I'm you've said it with. wrong though. It's German, so it's got to be Urkenburst. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to say it loud and aggressively. <laughs> I don't want to offend our German listeners. That's how, that's how you pronounce things, man. Is honestly, that? watch YouTube videos; they'll tell you. Uh, but you know, the reason we don't know it, the reason we don't know the track too well, is purely because they don't really race on it. It's more like a proving ground and showcase event track. and stuff. So yeah. There's not it's, a it lot does of that say major permanent in it. test and presentation track against yeah. its description. So Which is even cooler to get track that. to add then, surely. Yeah, but it looks or, sweet, man. Look at the elevation yeah. changes and what that's going to be a ride drive. add a bit of variety, do you think, to the game that every other game hasn't necessarily... Again, it's kind of like we've got something different, a bit like the Razor model we were talking about not long ago. Yeah. Yeah, the emotional side of me says, oh, yeah, it's adding something different. But the realistic side of me says, cheap Yeah, the license, elevation change on that license. corner is unbelievable. The image you uploaded on the thread post. Okay, I, I have a question for you Go guys. On. Which car or, or series you want to try first on this track? I'll answer first. Group 5 or an alternative, the oh. uh, Porsche 934? Oh, the 934, Davide, that's a good call. That is a good, My good call. My default on race room is DTM. Oh, nice. Hmm. I, mean, I think they would go pretty well around there. fast car on that track, though, isn't it? I'd go yeah. for a WTCR car because it's quick enough to be fun but slow enough to be semi-sensible. Nice choices. There's a lot of long corners, long radius corners. It's going to be something quick is going to be uh, seat of the pants. Yeah, it, it's because it's a it's a test track. It's one of those layouts that no matter what you throw at it, it works. So uh, I think that maybe because uh, the reason why Sector Three wanted to include it in their game, it's uh, you know some kind With of those uh, elevation changes. Trick. It'll be pretty awesome in VR. That's one thing about the Nordschleife I like in R Factor Two because the elevation changes the you really get that kind of the feel of the you know how steep things are. Yeah, maybe not uh, a track to to try if you are new to the VR experience. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, you might feel a bit sick afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah maybe Get not. Yeah, not the best idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've so just updated you... the video on the article because I didn't realise at the time that the one I put on wasn't available on website Playback. So I've just updated it with uh, a Porsche 911 GT3 Cup drive from Black Falcon. So it's going it's going summer, it's a pro driver. And it really, yeah, I'm excited for this. I'd never heard of it before until realising it would come into R3E. And uh, I've been looked at it since. I think it's going to be awesome. I've got a, I've got a good feeling about this, that with the right car and uh, condition set, 
that's going to be a lot of fun for lapping. It feels like a Scandinavian track, but bigger. You know what I mean? With all the undulations and the, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, awkward corners and stuff. That'd be awesome. Can't wait for this one. Well, I remember you liked the Porsche, um, the 964 series, I remember it was, the early 90s one. Oh, God, uh, yeah, man, that'd yeah, be amazing. Maybe, yeah, I think that that one too could work really well in this track. Keel and towing, flicking through boxing to dunk gears. Oh, happy yeah, times. Think, yeah. Maybe I a Renault 5 Turbo would go well around here as well. Yeah, that, Ooh, that is my choice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Renault 5 Turbo bike with Big Stereo in it. GTI 1.9, yeah. Get yeah. Renault 5 Turbo with Big Stereo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that would be cool though. Anything, to be honest, anything like David A says. Anything like that, like a, old v, like a Mark II VW Golf GTI 16 valve. Something like that. Oh, beast, beast. Looks, it looks like this kind of, like that kind of track. I think you're right, watching the video, it, it like this guy in this GT3, he's struggling to hit the apex because I think... The car is just too fast for the track. What's most surprising for me is that you, Paul, actually know about cars because <laughs> in one of our latest podcasts, you didn't. Uh, you, some cars weren't outside <laughs> of your uh, of your area. So now that you are showing all these names, uh, so are, Paul are, doesn't know about historic race cars or famous events, but he does know about. Moderately chavy, 90s hatches. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, dude. Yeah, nice one. Foxhall courses and uh, Nova. Oh, a and, Nova. Um, Got a 1.4 Nova in cream with black trim. SRI. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I've, uh, I don't know, I know a little bit here and there. I've, um, I've had, uh, I've had a tear around in a uh, uh, Fiat Uno Turbo. You know, yeah. Oh, good yeah, lord, a field nice. Bring it out, you know, and then, and then I was in the car and then it broke down the motorway. Yeah, you know. Like, you know. <laughs> you've got to drive fast in a Fiat Uno to avoid the rust. You've got to race away from the rust as it chases you <laughs> down the road. The rust is going to get you. Rust yeah, is going to get you. Know, I mean, you know, that, these, these are, the old cars are great, but God, they're also not in the in equal measure. So, uh, they yeah, teach I you think, more to um, drive than modern cars do. You see these kids are today and they get like finance or whatever and the first car's a three-year-old polo or something. Yeah. Think, no, man, you get a car with a choke on it and stuff that's... Oh, you've yeah, got to hold it yeah, together. Yeah, choke, yeah. I remember I had an old, yeah. old Renault Clio for my second car and I met my now wife and uh, the car... The, because it's oh, Renault and it's plastic. Is she? she is. that long. Uh, 14 years, man. But... Uh, the, the car, because it's Renault and it's cheap and it's nasty, they've got plastic internal door handles that, and eventually they both came off, leaving you, <laughs> leaving you just this really sharp razor wire that you've got to try and use to unlock the car oh, to get, no, to get you're out. Oh, no, you cutting your hands every time. Yeah, man, yeah. awful. So I dropped her off at her house after we'd been out one day and the old girl across the road saw me get out of the car, open door and get her out. And she said to her mum, like, oh, it's a lovely gentleman, that uh, that fella that your daughter's dated. He, he got out at car and undid door for uh, I did not have the heart to say yes because I've got no internal door handles <laughs> so unless you wanted to slice a hand into a thousand small pieces I've got to get out and let her out of the car <laughs> so, so yeah the old lass across road thinks I'm such a gent it. but actually my car's just cheap just 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 <laughs> yeah just broken so you had to get out and let her out without, without her walking into, a ho- into her parents house with yeah. blood yeah exactly her hand. yeah <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Love that. Who would have Love thought a five hundred pound car's garbage? But never mind. Moving on. Yeah, but you kind of like you kind of um, 
you know, you're right though. These a lot of kids now get like brand new cars on finance, and they don't necessarily experience the buying an old car that's you got crappy FM radio in it. Um, yeah. Cars I, I, that have got like three inch of play, a dead zone in the middle of the wheel when nothing yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, like no power, drive. no power steering. Yeah, man, that, that kind stuff. of that kind of like you know what what was dual climate control back then? Didn't even exist. I mean. Well, people you know. think now they're like, oh, God, how, why do you turn around to reverse? Why don't you use your cameras? Because it's a hatred fiesta. <laughs> I don't have cameras. <laughs> this came out before mobile phones were a thing. <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's just I learned. had, I had uh, my first car was a Elridge fiesta. They scored. Now, yeah. the bubble shaped one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They and then I, I, got re- I got really annoyed with my brother, with, with my parents, because they bought my brother, because my NG was a one litre. And he's and he bought him a, a kind of a sportier looking Vauxhall Corsa, and it was one point two. And I was like, "How does he get a more powerful engine than me?" <laughs> anyway, I, I was really yeah, I was really annoyed about that. Anyway, um, yeah, we've moved off topic quite significantly. We have, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remin- reminisce about your, uh, your. Maybe we'll talk about that cars of yesteryear. Yeah, maybe that's a topic we'll like. You know, we can reminisce for an episode and. And make young people feel young and us <laughs> oldies feel even older. Yeah. I like that. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, what was your like first that. car, listener? What was your first car? Uh, okay. All right. It's not really sim race or motorsport, but we might be able to get away with it. Right. Um, moving on to our main topic this week. So, hardware, I think, is a really big topic at the moment, um, especially... Uh, when you look at direct drive wheels, we're really kind of, I think they're kind of a little bit in fashion right now. And we recently spoke about the Sim Racing Expo and we talk about at length where entry level stuff really isn't on show. And to be honest, hardware topics really get us talking a lot and also get people really engaged. And it's um, forever, forever a topic. And, but hardware isn't just your wheel and your pedals, it's anything else you can add to your rig and i think the first thing is like what is your rig and a lot of people will just use a desk these days and you know like i started with a desk and um a, a chair and then i upgraded to a game racer rig and now i've upgraded to a, a simatech uh rig as well and i know others are upgraded to you know like sim lab ones things like that but entry level setups is like what you, so this this is really a good topic actually because one of my really good friends who I've known for a very long time, um, they'll mock me. He'll mock me about my sim racing rig. Right? And they came round here a few weeks ago to make to mine. And, uh, and uh, two of them had seen the racing rig before, but they hadn't seen the new pedals because I'd had them since they, they last had a go. Because I was running a G27 before. And then I've obviously got, I've mentioned it before, the, the V3s. Um, and I got another friend of mine who had a, who had never done it before. And God, he was awful. He was in VI. He was awful. But my mates take the Mickey. Like they just they all taking photos while I was in the rig. Blah blah. blah and it was being funny. But what happened this week was one of my friends who was taking the Mickey, um, who has been on I think on the fringe of getting into sim racing, now wants to buy himself a rig and a wheel and pedals, which is good news, right? So I was having a conversation with him about you need to go entry level because you see so many people, guys, don't we, who go and spend X amount of money on a really fancy rig, build it all up, and then two months later, their life changes or whatever, or they're just bored of it, and then they're flogging their rig and they lose they lose money. As where I think if you're just a part-timer, 
Um, you know, you could start with a, a basic wheel and pedals and have really good fun. So, David Day was saying not long ago, Paul, wasn't he, that he's thinking about finally getting a wheel. Mr. Controller is finally getting, going to think about getting a wheel. So, David Day, have you given any thought yet to what kind of wheel that you're, that, you know, your budget and, 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 and what you're looking at, what brands? Are you going Thrustmaster, Logitech? Yeah, uh, I think I'll go with the Logitech uh, G29. Okay. Because it's... Uh, uh, it's uh, you know the uh, the wisest choice uh, uh, for me at the moment because uh, you can get it with a nice discount on Amazon uh, for something like uh, yeah that's another thing they're often on discount aren't they these yeah um... yeah true with the bundle with the shifter so and at the same time it's um, it's something uh, uh, easy to set up works in all seams. Uh, and uh, I think uh, right now it's uh, it's uh, maybe the oh, best wow, choice. Wow, it's a hundred. So in the UK, it's over a hundred pounds off right now. Yeah, even in uh, also in Italy, it, uh, right now it's uh, two hundred euros without the shifter and two fifty with the shifter. So in the UK, the normal so the price that's currently marked up on uh, Amazon normally two hundred ninety nine pounds. Currently one hundred eighty two pounds thirty nine pence. That's a yeah. huge saving, but yeah, th there's fact. room. There's room at the moment. They got enough. They got something else coming. I don't know if you've seen, but really, um, one of the one of the guys that went with us to Sim Racing Expo last year, Paul, um, Colin. Don't you oh, remember yeah. Colin? I do indeed. Yeah, you can't forget him. You can't forget Colin. Once met, never forgotten. Yeah, exactly. Hello, like, Colin. Remember, if you're listening, mate. he was he was he was driving that seven seater kind of car, wasn't he? Do you remember? He was lugging everyone around. <laughs> he was, he was <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor, sir. poor poor fellow. He'll know to get a Fiat 500 next time. Next and he time, can't yeah, take just, anyone. Yeah, it, it, forget everybody else. Um, he recently got flown to Dublin to test oh. out some new wheel from Logitech. Oh, wow. Cool. He's, he's signed up. So it Ooh. looks like, I mean, I presume it's a new wheel. He's not allowed to say because he signed an NDA. Um, but maybe that explains why the why there's currently a discount. Um, thing is, you know, like with any, with any technology, I guess, guys, that you can always miss, feel like you miss out on the next, next thing, can't you? You can always end up just waiting and waiting and waiting and never actually make a purchase so i think that's the thing just strike see what you see that's available yeah. today see what yeah. you fancy what you can afford what you want to achieve and just get in the door i mean if you're talking 200 quid david 200 euros or so 250 euros you're going to recoup a hell of a lot of that on resale should you want to change your mind further further down the line that is really really good value for money for a decent piece yeah, of kit sure. as well yeah yeah so i mean you have it a year you could sell that for 150 all day and night, no problem, if you fancy something different further on. And I think you'll find as well, in particular, the step change from a controller to a wheel, no matter what it is, will be absolutely huge. Yeah, it'll take you a little yeah, while to get sure. used to it as well. Because oh, yeah, you'll you lose know, you, like you'll have to, you'll have to I remember doing the same thing and having to adjust the way I drive, like the way I tacked a corner. Because I used to find, like, with, a, with like an analogue stick, you'd go in and you'd always be countering what you're doing because the movements aren't as controlled. I mean, they've got better now, obviously, with the, 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 you know, controllers now a bit more progressive, aren't they, in their movement? But it's more your thumb, actually, and when you, you know, like your finger movements, quite erratic. 
you go into a corner and then you find you're having to counter steer because you got into that corner a bit too tight. It's where so you'd have to learn to drive again. David, I remember going through that experience myself. That's uh, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, I think that uh, you gain more uh, knowledge that you can uh, later apply. You know, on on real cars and yeah. in real driving situation because a gamepad has uh, uh, has a lot of pros. Uh, one of which is that uh, uh, no matter the seam, uh, it works. Uh, you know, without fiddling with the force feedback yeah. uh, and things like that. It's compact. You can, uh, uh, if you have a laptop, you can take it with you on a, on a travel or things like that. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, I'm kind of feeling right now. I wasn't feeling like this uh, before, but um, at the moment I'm starting starting to feel like uh, you know I want to get a more realistic ex experience. I want to feel more uh, the car I'm driving. Uh, uh the only way to do so it's it's with a wheel uh, with a pad it's uh, uh you know more of an analogic experience so to speak in a, in a sense so the only problem is that uh, i have to add on top of the wheel cost in this case the g29 plus shifter the cost of the of a um, uh, wheel stand i'm looking at something very very cheap uh, and uh, not much expensive like the uh, i don't remember now the the exact name i think it's called the racing wheel stand uh, light uh, or something like that from uh, uh, next level racing i think it's the company it's just a very simple stand uh, a transversal uh, aluminum tube uh, on top you you stick the wheel and on the bottom the pedals and it folds so you can store it away in a, in a corner. Ne next level racing wheel standard racer. Uh, let me google it. Uh, sorry they do, they, guys. They, for... That's all right, that's fine. They, they, they do quite a, quite a few different ones. Um, have you not? Are you not in? As, as we hear you typing, brilliant. Um, <laughs> because I have a mechanical keyboard, sorry guys. I like to... tap, 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 tap. Um, yeah, the next level racing wheel stand. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, like it. We've all had to start with something, with something like that. I mean, yeah, no, I'm I'm perfectly fine with a solution like that because uh, I really like the the fact that you can uh, fold it. Uh, uh, and store it in a corner. Yeah, uh, that's uh, really really useful. Um, the only fact is that uh, I have to add uh, this cost on top of, of the wheel cost, so it, yeah. it jumps from uh, you, let's say, uh, two hundred and fifty to three hundred. Yeah, yeah. So you look, you look, you look in. To be honest, when I when I put that next level racing one into um, into Amazon, I keep uh, they keep giving me. Uh, yeah, it's 109. It's 119 pounds, but I don't know if that's the same. That's the same one. It slightly looks like uh, it's like it's upgradable. This well, the one I'm looking at now is, it, yeah, it might be the same. I'm not, no, it's different. It's definitely different. But it's 100 and 109. It's the same. Yeah, 109. Oh, yeah, I think it's the, the next level wheel stand. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are maybe two two versions, but yeah, the the one I was thinking. Uh, uh, office uh, yeah. it costs uh, something like yes uh, 120 euros or yeah. something like that but uh, uh, but you know um, so we should if you not got a desk you can clamp it to then 
Yeah, I have it, but uh, it would not be a good solution right. because uh, I do not have a lot of space uh, available yeah. and uh, uh, it, it would be annoying to have to clamp it and unclamp it, uh, you know. Yeah, 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 uh, I, it, it. It, yeah. I think that it would also wear off the, the, the wheel itself. Instead, this kind of solution is that you clamp it there and you just move away the whole structures, our structure away when you don't need it. As I was saying, the only problem is that you have to jump from something like uh, 250 euro, uh, euros to something like 400 close with shipping costs and all that. So uh, it's still, a, it's still a, uh, you know, a kind of an expensive, yeah. uh, but maybe for Christmas I will be able to, with some more discounts uh, in that period, uh, or no, maybe, maybe sooner than that with the Black Friday. No, sim racing companies tend to. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people hold their breath for Black Friday. I mean, I'm not going to mention a certain manufacturer that um, does a Black Friday every year for the sim racing, but it always seems to be a bit um, of a wet blanket. Anyway, uh, less than I tell about that, better. Um, <laughs> I think it's a bit of a bit of a gimmick. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just the it, logic check. Haven't you got an? Have you got an Xbox? No, no, I don't have. A, I thought you had a no, console. No, I told you that I don't have a console. Oh, you did. Yeah, you did it's tell the us. third time. So you've not been playing. All oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Because if you did still have an Xbox, you would have got the G920 version because that works with the Xbox. Is where the G29 version works with the PS4 and PS3. No, is it? I think it's the uh, no. No, oh, no, maybe you're. I no, am I right because I'm reading it right now. Yeah, don't no, question but, me. Uh, no, no, sorry, sorry. Paul, are you hearing this? <laughs> I'm sitting back and enjoying the show, folks, if I'm honest. This is good, this is, this is good banter. I like it. Don't you no, dare do. question me. Don't, you know, don't, Paul, don't bother with the gear stick. What? The shifter, yeah. you mean? Don't bother. What? It's useless. No, yeah, no, no, I want it. I, I, no, I drive... no, 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 no. No, I need it for vintage cars. I, I need it. Right. No, no, <laughs> save, save your money and get another shifter. Mm, Save okay. your money. Listen to me. I have a G27. The shifter is useless. And the, the thing is, the only benefit over to the G25 and I think and the G27, their shifters have got buttons. That shifter hasn't got any buttons. All yeah, your buttons true. are on the wheel, right? Just buy yeah. the wheel and the pedals. Don't bother with the shifter. Yeah, I know you can buy mods for them to make them better. Don't bother. It's clunky. It's useless. I don't drive a bit. I do all my paddles. I get that if you want to drive vintage, that's fine, but don't save your 35, 40 euros, 50 euros. <coughs> you can't get an aftermarket, a bolt-on shifter from another brand though, can't you? Yeah, exactly. You can pick them yeah. up pretty, pretty cost-effective yeah. for the I would, I would get. I would go and, and get a second-hand shift off eBay yeah. rather than get that thing. Because mm. the, the only, I must admit, right, so looking at the, I've looked at the G29 and the G... And the G920, just out of interest. Not that because I want to upgrade to it, because I've got a G27, there's not much point. The, the down, I mean, they do look a little bit arcadey now because they've got all these buttons and the Xbox stuff. And yeah. Places. But they're also a lot pl more plasticky than the G27 and G25s. Um, but the wheel does look a little bit chunkier, so it swings around. The pedals look exactly the same. They do not look any different. And for what I've read, they're pretty much the same. Um... But um, you might want to look at like the uh, GTI uh, mod for the springs to make them a little bit more. Um, 
because they're quite soft on the pedals. Well, the G27s mm. definitely, definitely are. Um, so, um, so if you can like get a slight spring mod or a mod for the brake pedal, you can be, be a little bit more progressive. But you're not obviously get to replicate the level of a more expensive. You'll yeah, just you'll just, you'll just yeah, find sure. it. You know, you can do things to them to make them a little bit more immersive. So over time, you could do those little upgrades. You don't have to do them straight away. I mean, I drove with a GT. 27 on the PlayStation playing F1, whatever it was, for ages. Um, driving against guys, um, you know, on a, on a Sunday PS3 league and absolutely loved it. I was terrible, but I absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, no. Um, and the thing is as well, like, you you know, like I was thinking while you were talking about Logitech, I was looking at Thrustmaster and Thrustmaster are a lot more expensive than Logitech. So Logitech really have yeah. this market, don't they? I mean, it's what they're good at, right? The, these entry-level... Because to buy like a base sometimes for like um, Thrustmasters, 200 quid. You, I could buy a wheel here and pedals for 200 quid. Yeah, exactly. You can have more of a complete set with, yeah. the, with the logic. I, I have tried um, Thrustmasters uh, products in the past. Uh, I never had a problem with, uh, with them. Uh, me and my father both uh, love Thrustmaster products for our sim games. Uh, but at the same time, they are, yes, a bit more expensive. I, I would love to get, uh, I think it's the TSPC yeah, wheel, yeah, wheel stand, yeah. Yeah, to, to add some, um, not, not anything crazy, just a couple of rims, a, a GT-like rim and a, and a Formula-like rim. But, uh, you know, ju just that, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's much, much more expensive cost and... Uh, you know, I would be happy to have just something um, uh, simpler, like the G29. It's it would still be a terrific uh, upgrade compared to the Xbox 360 gamepad. So it's it's really not, uh, fine to yeah. I tell you what, the difference also um, the G29 version has like that twiddle knob, that red thing. Mm -hmm. the, we, yeah. the the Xbox version or the, doesn't have that. And I think um, the uh, G29 version might have a couple of extra buttons as well, um, which I don't know why there's a difference, but there appears to be. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, Paul, if um, if your lad Ben were you know wanted to go sim racing tomorrow and you had to get him a rig, what 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 would you go for? Do you know where would you I start? Talking about what you guys are on with the Logitech products, yeah, I've had I started off life with the G25 and oh gosh, ran it for years, literally years, and it's it absolutely never missed a beat. Really strong wheel for its price, uh, so I would absolutely go with one of those. They're markably less expensive than other similar kind of brands. Yeah, even and, like I said, Thrustmaster seems to be like outpriced at that market. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, they're very expensive. Sorry, I think, can, I, can I just interject? Well, what's also I just noticed is the difference between the G920 and the G29 is the G29 is the only one with a rev counter. Got a rev counter? I didn't know that. Like but, LED display. Yeah, things. well, my G27 <laughs> has that, but the G920 doesn't. Oh, right. That's bizarre. Yeah. So you're paying I, I, for like cross platform functionality, really, aren't you? It's madness. Why the Xbox version doesn't. Probably anyway. a few motors and stuff and the different like outputs it gives oh, from the console know. software. I don't really know. No, no. Yeah, it could be. But anyway, PCs yeah. obviously spit out a lot more info than a console would. Yeah, but the, of... but, the, but, the, but the Xbox version can also be used on the PC. 
That's bizarre. I don't know that. Though. Yeah, I don't know why that would why that would be. Anybody got any contacts at Logitech so we can ask them? Um, so, sadly, they're the only ones I don't. So I need to, I need to work on that actually. Yeah, we yeah we um, yeah maybe we need to get ourselves over to Dublin and understand what they're testing. Be nice uh, to be invited. Yeah. Well, you got to sign up. You got to sign up to do it, and then you do the survey, and then you hope you get picked. Yeah. Cool. Okay, I'll do yeah. that then. But then, but, um, but then, yeah. Uh, but I, obviously, you got to sign an NDA, so you couldn't do a video. No, that's true. That's true. But it's still be interesting just to keep my finger in uh, yeah, in, in that the, pie and yeah, see exactly. what's happening. So Ben comes up to you and goes, Daddy, 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 I want a rig. What do you get him? I say about bloody time. Stop dancing. Start do you playing go sim racing. Do you go the second-hand route <laughs> yes, onto eBay? Yeah, we had a shadow it out. The thing is, it's everybody's mileage may vary, but for me it's been a bit like a drug. And you get something that you're happy with until you smell something that might be better knocking around corner. Yeah. And then you want to upgrade and upgrade. So to like a car, you buy a brand new, you drive it off forecourt, you've lost a lot of money. And it's kind of the same thing. I wouldn't really buy brand new with my sim racing stuff because I know that it's not going to be forever and I'm going to upgrade it at some stage down the line. And certainly for someone like Ben, uh, who's only five, coming up to six, uh, it's, it's, it's all about sort of... Get them in there and get them hooked on the experience. So like with you, Davide, for example, because you've got, you're getting a certain kind of experience from the controller, it's wildly different in the wheel. You'll probably love it, but you might not do. It's different. So there's no point spending three grand on a rig when you don't have to because just having the rig and the mount and the seating position is going to be a, a step up from what you're doing at the moment. And then as you get immersed in that and enjoy it, you can decide what you do and don't like about the particular solution that you've bought and then see what's... Because the thing is, there's that much stuff out there now. You've got things like uh, you can have Formula One seating positions or touring car positions. You can have strong direct drive wheels and things that have formula rims on it or gt rims and all sorts so i would absolutely just get my foot in the door step into it for the very first time experience it get used to having a wheel and pedals nice entry level rig only thing i would say is just try to minimize the amount of flex that you've got in it because flex can get quite frustrating when you're mm. moving your wheel and pedals about and that will be immense and then just decide if it's for you and what you particularly want because some people versatility they want to be able to configure it like a touring car or a formula car at the flick of a few buttons or fold it away and pack it up at the end of the day. I'm fortunate enough that I've got a dedicated space for it, so I've not got to put it back down again at the end of the day. So I wanted something that were rigid, hence the 8020 stuff. And uh, I remember Paul at the expo a couple of years ago, we saw that kind of thing that bolts onto a chair that then yeah. folds away. That's yeah, I actually, I actually recently um, recommended that to someone. Um, oh, cool. Uh, I think I saw a post on Reddit and um, no one replied to it, but I said, well, I saw this thing at the expo. This might be what you... I remember what... it being dear, though. It was cute and it was clever yeah, for what it was, it was, it was, about, it was quite I remember dear. about, I think it was 350 I can't remember like that. now. And I, um, like that. I, I'll tell you what, I'll be, able to, I'll be able to tell you what it's called in a moment if you give me, give me a few minutes. I'll be able to find it. Um, it was a cool yeah, that was quite ingenious because it, it took like something that pe most people will have in their office, you know, a chair, and then you would, you know, clamp this device onto it, and it was fold foldable. But I think what David Day is looking for, he's looking for something with a little bit less um, footprint, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to. Uh, 
Yeah, that's the thing. It's the, it's the kind of thing where what sort of you, there's so much variety out there. My biggest recommend to go back to your original question. My recommendation for anybody would be buy as low cost as you possibly can, get involved in it, and then make some decisions as to what you may or may want different afterwards. Because you don't know what you want until you've got it. I got my last rig. I got was a GT Omega. Uh, Cockpit Supreme, I think it was. So it had like a fake leather semi-bucket seat type thing on it, made out of round uh, black anodized uh, tubing. And it was nice. I liked it, I had it for quite a long time. I actually were building it uh, when Faye went into labour, so I've had it like... <laughs> yeah, so that was so annoying that she popped a kid out halfway through and I'd not finished it. It's like, come on, I've got a rig, man. I don't want to mess it about with this. Uh, so I loved that until... I moved away from it and then realised, oh, God, I want a much more upright position. I want much more of a bucket seat type thing. I want flexibility to put things in different places that I didn't realise I wanted that and I would never have known it at the right. time. I found that device. It's called a Tournay. I've put a link to you for you guys to click and I've just gone to the shop. Oh, it, that's the one. It's 400, 400 euros. Yow. Yeah, that's too expensive. <laughs> Yeah, too much. It's a lot. It's a. It's but it, it's a lot of money for what it is. And their website, they were at the 2017 expo. I think they were at 2018, but I don't think they were there last year because they haven't updated their um their website uh to reflect that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's quite. What I liked about it is it's an ingenious idea. It's taking something that um you could you know that. You, got a chair and you fold you, this the mechanism allows you to fold your rig onto the back of the chair yeah um, but you know paul if you i don't know it might topple over though to be fair because there's a lot of weight to put on there yeah, yeah but the <laughs> problem is that with um, uh, something like those made uh, by gt omega or uh, uh, next level racing you can fold it uh, and store it in a yeah. corner and nobody sees it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with this, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, like, someone you know, en enters the room and sees that stands That stand you're looking at, I, you know, I think it's better than the one you originally said. Um, and it may cost you a, another 20 euros or something on top, but it looks a bit more sturdier. Yeah, um, yeah. And you're not, it, like Paul has alluded to, you don't want any flex. And that is not going to flex under the forces of a G29 wheel yeah i think you know you wouldn't want to put a direct drive wheel on it because it it's not gonna be able to withstand that but then you know when by the time you get to that point you might have got bigger space or a room dedicated to like paul and i have i mean i'm lucky that you know in my own house i'm single you know i don't have <clears throat> i don't have to dedicate a room to anybody else it's my you know i'm, I'm sat here in my office slash gaming room now recording this so you know, my rig, I just move it out of the way behind me because it's still quite light. I can just move it out of the way. But, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, I think that would be a brilliant starter. I mean, it's better than what I started with. And, you know, like you say, I mean, I remember the days where I had to get the rig, you know, get the wheel out and then bolt it. And, and, you know, and also having the pedals up against the wall. The problem is, you know, like... Yeah, I've done that. I did that in my first... you up against the wall with a block of wood on either side so you don't so you, so you don't foul the cable that comes out at back at pedals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't that smart, actually, I'll be honest. Um, but it's more <laughs> the fact that because, you know, you're... Like, unlike my rig where I can lift the lever and I can move the seat back and forward... Um, that, you know, with, with, with a wall, it's a fixed object, so I can't bring it any closer to me. So, 
you know the and also because you're you're in a like a chair and the desk does the desk height can't move you kind of your seating position isn't probably quite right to use pedals either uh, but it works i mean it, you know i think we talked about it before it was a, it was a satec wheel that i first started out with and then i did the same with the the g20 um g20 i can't i remember i have a recollection that um when i got my when i got my wheel the first time um i didn't have my new monitor set up or something and i and i um we had, over the garage we had like an old monitor so i moved my pc over there just to plug it in just so i could give it a go and see what the difference because i was just too excited um so you'll love it you'll love the make you'll love making that that jump and anybody else that you know like that is looking to get into it i mean you know i i think the upgrade route is the best way and a bit like you, Paul, I think, again, I've touched on this and countless times. You know, normally, with most stuff, I buy brand new. Like if I get a new phone, whatever. But sim racing gear, I'm happy to take seconds. Not an issue. Because it saves me money. And most of it, generally, it's pretty reliable, too. Um, you know, um, so yeah. And like I say, I started out with a game racer. Which, you know, is pretty much like the standard kind of design you see a lot of basic rigs, you know. But what was quite good about it is it, it could, I could take it apart and, and store it out of the way pretty easily, which I, which I like. And that GT Omega stand, um, you know, I think that's a really good starter and it allows you to move it out of the way without any real, any real hassle. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I like the fact that, um, it has uh, a couple of shifter mounts, so yeah. I can. Uh, uh, because one thing I'd like to try is to have um, uh, both. Uh, I mean, shifting, of course, the same shifter, but you know, try to have it on the right when I'm driving uh, a left-hand drive, and on the left when I'm driving a right-hand drive. You know, to have not only a more realistic experience, but you know, also more of a. Uh, of a challenge and something to learn uh, uh, when when driving a sim. So yeah, and it, the thing is as well, you know what that what that stand gives you over a desk is the the adjustable height point that I've that I mentioned. You know that's one of the frustrating yeah. things about having <clears throat> having a desk. And you know, and while I commend all these DIY guys out there that I see on the internet and make these rigs, they make it for themselves and then for it's built to their specific size. Um, uh, and so forth is where with something like that, you know, if your friends come, you know, if you have any friends, David, I mean, <coughs> the jury's still out, but, no, um, no, I don't <laughs> have any. <laughs> but you know, like, um, it, you know, it, it, it's adjustable for people's different heights and things. So, you know, it's more inclusive. Um, and it'll be, yeah, that'll be a really good, a really good starter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you, and I think, and I think Logitech based on the price point, I think is the, is the way to go. I don't know if any other wheel makes out there. I mean, I, all I really know are Fanatec. Yeah, there are some, uh, a, a couple of Thrustmasters uh, wheels that are even cheaper than the G29. The problem is that a uh, couple of things I don't like is that uh, they don't have a clutch pedal. Well, the G29. Oh, has yeah, one. there'll be the two, and, uh, the two pedal setup. Yeah, yeah, and the the pedals are very plastic, uh, you know. Oh, hard, hard okay, plastic, the Thrustmaster uh, T300, yes. 
uh, yeah, that's. But it looks I a lot think... like the P. I must admit, though, the the base looks a lot like the TS PC base. But I think a lot of people. Um, but then with the T three hundred, you can obviously do the upgrade route, so you can buy the um, the T three PA Pro pedals instead. Yeah, you can add those. Yeah, but they're 150 quid on their own in the UK. Yeah, in fact. Uh, yeah, I think that um, for my budget, a more uh, sensible option will be the T150. But as a, if you watch out the picture, the pedals are not uh, not that good. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess it's, it, you know, like um, Thrustmaster also have an ecosystem where you can change the... You know, change the wheel. So you've yeah. got the F1 wheel, the GTE wheel, um, the lever, the lever edition wheel, the lever GT wheel, the Sparco rally wheel. I'm not reading these off anywhere. Don't worry. I, this is all from memory. Um, <laughs> the TX racing wheel, which which I know is the Ferrari one, but it looks awful. It looks very plasticky compared to all the other wheels they've got. Um, but then you've also got the standard T3 PA pedals, which are, will cost you £100 in the UK. I'm guessing they'll be about similar in Euros. Um, but they look basically like the G2029 pedals. Um, um, and then maybe. you've got the Pro pedals, which again, don't look amazing, but they're, 100, they're, um, they're £150 at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's like, it, it, it's trying to decide... You know, but it's hard to predict what what you what you want. But I, but personally, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have all these options with Thrustmaster. But I'd probably stick with the Logitech. Yeah, me too. You can start getting carried away with price, can't you? And I think at the end of the day, the effects are all very similar. Yes, it's the the having the physical wheel and pedals and shifter, the force feedback that starts bringing a whole new level of engagement to the game it's it's just a massive step up from anything else to going to a wheel so i think you're making the right call i think there's so much out there i mean just rather than moving away from davide's situation and just talking in general terms there's so much hardware out there of all different shapes forms price points they've all got the plus and minus points but it's just in case of trying to get yourself out there and try as much of it as you can and either that's buying second hand and if you like it get in a new version if you if it's not in the best condition or upgrading or going into stores and trying them out finding friends i mean god on the race department forum i'm sure if you posted your rough location say i'm in i don't know uh northeast of england and i want to try some hardware out is anybody wanting to let me have a go on their rig for the day i'm sure somebody would sort you out with that and things it's just experiencing different things and uh, making best decision for you based on how much you've got to spend, the kind of space you've got and what you want out of it really. Because at the end of the day, a good race is a good race whether you're on 200 quid's worth of stuff or 10 grand. You can have a £10,000 hardware setup and have a boring race where somebody takes you off at T1 and it's still the same yeah, rubbish I mean, experience. I mean, you know, for, for uh, again, it's... Like, if you think about the reason the Thrustmaster wheels are more expensive is they're not cogs as where like the G29 is cogs so you know 
it, it's don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I still race my G twenty seven, and it it is it is immersive. But like like anything, you the reason the Thrustmaster more expensive is is because it's 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 um, uh, servo based, isn't it? It's more um, like motor yeah, there's a lot to be said motor, for that, yeah. yeah, rather than a rather than a cog. And I must admit, from time to time, the cog sounds of the G twenty seven do annoy me when it goes nuts. It kind of like vibrates a bit and you wouldn't get that with I, I would assume with the Thrustmaster I've not really driven one in anger um, but you know I've been running my G27 now for oh I don't know I don't even know I can't even remember where I bought it hold on a second I don't know if I can look it up this will be interesting when did I buy it I think I'm pretty sure I bought it off Amazon other, other shops are available by the way um would it? Would it? T- there wow. are other retailers. 20, 2011, I ordered it. Whoa, and it's still running perfectly. Yeah. Wow. See, that's the good thing about Logitech. It's like it's bulletproof. It is I mean, almost it looks, I mean, bulletproof. If you, in comparison to the G29, I've got to say, it looks basic, right? Because all I've got is six buttons and two paddles. But I've got. Yeah, but it's like four hundred quid different price. So I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. there is an element of. No, I mean to the G29, can... like it, it's kind of to its brother. It looks it looks basic because all the buttons are on like the the, the gear stick bit, aren't they? Yeah. Got... But then again, though now, especially in PC gaming, not so much console, but PC for sure, you can buy button boxes that have got like yeah, fifty yeah, yeah, choices yeah, yeah, for like forty yeah, or fifty or sixty euros. Yeah. So it's it's that's not essential. And nowadays. I came across a website not long ago about a UK brand that sold button boxes for what I thought was a reasonable price. Can't find it again. Always <laughs> the case. Because that's another thing as well, especially when you get into the world of online, is the whole like having chat functionality or being able to pre-select your pit stops, yeah. different traction control settings, pit yeah. speed limiter, lights, I, I wipers, so, whatever. So yeah, teen speak button. So yeah, normally, yeah, all that type of. So like yeah, so normally I have like a brake bias, pit, pit speed limiter, um, uh, maybe like a switch through the screens, like the MFD type display. Yeah, your lights and wipers and all and that then, sort of and thing. And then TeamSpeak button, and then maybe one for Crew Chief, because I like to talk to Crew Chief from time to time. Tell me what's and of going course, on. you have to have a button that says, sorry, my fault. So when you crash no, into I don't someone, have, I, don't have, I don't have that. No, no, no. Oh, that's your default. You've always got to have a preset <laughs> chat of, oh, sorry, man. No, no, because you're not, not supposed to use chat uh, through uh, racing and qualifying. So you see, that's you, how long it's been since I've raced club, online. Club, club racing rules, uh, which reminds me, there's a nice video on our YouTube channel. Go check that out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, self plug in there. Good oh, yeah, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah, nicely right. done. Nicely no, you, done. You guys told me it was awesome. So Seam- seamless linking. I like yeah, that. I know. Yeah, just 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 drop that in. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's what. And then like the traction control and other bits and pieces will be on the. But because I'm in VR, I have to put. I I, I literally I because my rig hasn't got uh, a mount for the gear stick because I can't afford it at the moment because um, I'm cheap. Um, I mount the, I kind of move my rig to near my desk, and I put the, the the gear stick on my on on my desk just so it's there, it's mounted. But yeah, I, I wish I had more buttons on the. Basically, I wish I had more buttons on the wheel. But I still have a great fun with it now. Like all those all those years later, I mean, 2011, it's still kicking on. It's still going. The pedals still work. And they're, they're basically in the corner of the room. I haven't sold them. They're still there just in case I need a backup from for my V3s because you just never know when things Oh, yeah, you always go. need a backup set. I've still got the 
G25 upstairs in the loft somewhere for just that emergency. Yeah. Need a backup. You've got something you can bolt on and away yeah, you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be depressed if that ever happened to me. Well, to be honest, I'm just looking at my rig now because I'm sat in my rig. Uh, the world's most expensive podcast seat. Uh, <laughs> and it just dawned on me that actually I can't mount the G25 to this rig. So uh, let's hope this doesn't die. Do <laughs> oh, you remind me, Paul? What? I know it's like a bit away from the discussion, but what direct drive base have you got currently? Uh, the Simsteer in V2, the Leo Bodner one. Okay. And, so, uh, and what and what style wheel are you a fan of? Are you a fan of the kind of the whole kind oof. of... The, the kind of like a BMW rim that you'd see the Fanatec, you know. I don't, know, I don't know what the, the term is for that type of wheel, to be honest Like a you. GT touring car type thing. It depends what I'm driving. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, I've got a Momo Mod 27, I think it is, or 32, I can't remember which. The Momo uh, standard race car wheel. Right. And then a button plate with the shifters on behind it. So, yeah. effectively, it's a GT wheel. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only one I've got at the moment because I bought a Formula One style one, but I really, really don't like it. So, when, put I, it when I was racing in, uh, in RFX 2 on Tuesday, on, sorry, on Saturday night, we were racing the GTEs. They're more like a like a GT3, like yeah, the, like more the a Formula car GT3 now, aren't they? kind yeah. of uh, wheel, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're um, like a Formula car now, and that yeah. was always the good thing about Fanatec. I like Fanatec gear, and before I uh, shifted, uh, before I moved on to this direct drive, I had the Club Sport V2, so I had the BMW and the Formula wheel, yeah, and, uh, and, a, and a wooden one as well for historics. And I like the quick quick change functionality. So depending on what you're driving, driving a Formula One car with this wheel I've got on now just doesn't feel right. Right, I mean, okay. If you're in VR, it does. You can drive anything, and your brain. Yeah, yeah, you can. I don't have your that. Your brain's tricked into problem. it. Yeah. Yeah, but when I'm on screens at the moment, driving a Formula car with a GT rim, or driving a rally car with a Formula rim, or yeah. whatever, it just doesn't work. What so, I do uh, is, I whenever, like, whenever like I get into a game, I always make sure my my wheel rotation in game matches where my hands are. Oh god, like, yeah, that drives me spare. That I could, that you know, because otherwise, it yeah. Uh, I remember giving, giving, giving a tip, that. like someone said to me, always have 900 degree rotation. I'm like, no, that's rubbish. No, you have that's whatever's rubbish. specific to, yeah, I have different things for different sims depending yeah, on what got they to, are. Because I want to, like, if I'm in VR, I want to feel like my hands are in... I mean, in line with the visual representation. Well, I will say, though, kudos to uh, Studio 397 and R Factor. You set the... Because my... With it being a direct drive, it goes up to, like, 1,456 degrees or whatever. So with this one, you set the game and your wheel to the maximum rotation that your wheel does, and then the game sorts it out itself depending on what car you're driving. So if you're in a Formula car with 360 degrees, it will set it in the profile and put the soft lock on which is really, really good. So I just set this to the max, fire up R Factor 2, and whatever car I pick, regardless of whatever it is, my wheel and my real and virtual wheel will be aligned with each other. So R Factor do that really, really they well. Yeah. Because it drives me potty. Because as well, it's not a visual thing, because when I'm not racing VR, I turn the virtual wheel off, obviously, because I've got a real one in front of me. But it's the fact that if you're like, doing 90 degree turn on your wheel and the game's only giving you 40 it's it's going to be all over the place it's going to be an yeah. awful experience so that's the most important thing for setting a sim up is make sure your virtual car is doing what your hands on your wheel are supposed to telling it to do uh, and our fact to do that brilliant other sims to a lesser or greater degree do it okay as well but you've kind of got to do a bit of trial and error or throw a question out onto the tinterweb 
about what degree of rotation should I use for this game. I mean, Assetto Corsa Competizione. I tried that many different things. I had to actually ask Kunos in the end. And I got two different answers from two different staff. So it's like, oh man, yeah, so what I, do I so actually I, use? So I mentioned earlier in the pod that I did a, a, an offline race in Assetto Corsa Competizione. And um, I Googled G27 settings because I noticed the other night that it didn't seem to matter what I did with the wheel rotation. The wheel wasn't still matching what where I felt my hands were. Right? Uh, no, sorry. This that, no, I'm not actually racing VR because my game can't. My computer PC can handle it. It's just it's yeah. It needs. I need. I need my power cutting. Need my power. Um, I need my Boys. power cutting. More power. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm visually and I'm like looking at it again. Yeah, this isn't right. This isn't right. So it's bugging me. And as the race progressed, even though I adjusted it to someone else's settings, it still wasn't lined up for me. But as the race went on, I, I just I just ignored it, and um, it wasn't an issue. So, so do um, you have your virtual wheel showing even when you're playing on screen? I do. Yeah. Oh, you peasant! Yeah. Get that turned off, man. You've got a real wheel. What do you want to see the virtual one for? Uh -huh. If you can see your wheel, your FOV's too far back. Your ideal right. FOV should be where you see the steering column. Yeah. Uh, you should, that basically should be the steering column to your steering wheel. Okay. So that should be invisible and they just right. see the dash. There you go. Top Understood. tip. Top tip. Top tip. There you go, everybody. And that's, that's, that, that's via Aris from Kunos. So field, there you go. Field, field of view tip for top tip. We've kind top of. Top tip. As we always do, we kind of... Um... Honestly, my light fatigue is kicking in big time, so I just don't know where I am. I could have been talking about... <laughs> no, but that was my fault. <laughs> I, took, I took the conversation um, that way. Anyway, uh, so going back to uh, the initial start of this, Davide is going to now order a G29 and a GT Omega um, stand, wheel stand thingy, um, and then he's going to enter the world of um, wheel and pedals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. You know, like you don't, you know, you don't need to go straight in and spend thousands of pounds. I think we said it before. No, Paul no, no, said no, it only a few mo, you know, minutes ago. You don't need to do it. Like if you're, no one's like if you're, if you're, if you've got the most basic rig and you're winning races, it doesn't matter what your rig is. Like if yeah. you're having fun and enjoying yourself, like on genuinely on Saturday night. Even though the first stint was terrible, I enjoyed I enjoyed the whole thing. I enjoyed the Neuschleife and the R Factor 2. If, no one, if you haven't bought that track and you've got R Factor 2, you are missing out. Because I think that is the best Neuschleife I've ever raced around. I think it's so good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And it may be because yeah, I'm in VR. Uh, no, no, no. I've done it out of VR and it really is. It's just... Mamma mia. Unbelievable. It took me a little while to adjust because I've been for years. I used to race on it in other games. It took a little while to adjust and, and, and relearn the track to some degree. Um, but yeah, like it's so good. And and by the end of it, because I, I was racing in VR, I was sweaty Um I actually raced it in shorts. I knew I would get warm because of the amount of corners the track's got. Um, so, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of force feedback. So you're fighting against that a little bit. Um, yeah, glad I wore shorts when I raced. But yeah, loved it. I, you know, um, I didn't quit because I, I was just enjoying just enjoying it. And I think that's what's, that's what's important. It doesn't that's matter. That's the that key I, for all sim racing. And that goes back to the hardware point. Yeah. Do what you enjoy. Exactly. Simplest tool in the world. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? That's all that matters. It was, just, it was just a shame we only had 14 sign up. 
because it was a really good event. And by all it, because I couldn't do the, because I saw that on Friday night they had the GT3s and I wish I'd seen that sooner, but it it filled up because by all accounts, I was really good. And I had to re, uh, forget the guy's name because for me, it was unpronounceable. But on Saturday night, me and this guy for, the, for at least two laps until I crashed. Um, surprise, surprise. Uh, we're having a really <laughs> good, clean battle on track. And because a lot of people say you can't race around Nordschleifer. Which I would but, agree with. But which I did agree with until until Saturday when I was like, you can race around here. It was And it was really good fun. Genuinely enjoyed it. It was great. And um, had a big smile. Genuinely had a big smile on my face. That's how that's the thing, isn't it? That's the thing, isn't it? Do you have? But I do you get that, off smiling? I missed that smile yeah. off my face for a bit. You know, like I took a bit of. A, I hadn't been racing a lot, and it, that, a lot of that's just before. Like sometimes you get a little bit. Of, you kind of come away from it a little bit, don't you? Sometimes, like you just take a. I don't know if it's the same for Davide because he's only with a controller. That's not a dig. It's, I don't know if it's the same, but sometimes you just kind of like you just kind of like I need a break from this. Um, a bit like anything in life, I guess, work, whatever, but. And then I kind of, I was like, bloody hell, this track's amazing. Like, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, loved it. It was great. No, I can, I can, I can, I can echo those big time. I've not been on the rig since uh, we got back, actually, from Nürburgring uh, yeah. for last SRO. So, funnily enough, the first time I got on the rig was to try out Neuslifer at uh, R Factor 2. And last time I'd been on that track were in real life. So, it was like a really interesting comparison. And I just thought, yeah, this has got almost everything that you want from it. It's just, I, I thought I would do one lap, one lap. I ended up doing five. And it's just, <laughs> and like you say, you get off and you're covered in sweat. You've got this massive smile on your yeah, face. Yeah, half, it's great. Half to it morning. I've got work it morning. But it doesn't matter because no, that was no. immense. In fact, I may even push myself and go on it tonight before Ooh, I go to bed. Oh, are you going to race tonight? I'm just going to go around Nürburgring in okay. RF2 in whatever. I don't know. And have some oh, good fun. Set up, set, up, set up a session. I'll come and join you for some yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have some but fun yeah. together. It is a brilliant. It is oh, a brilliant, great. Like, brilliant, I'll just, brilliant I'll just track. push you off the track. I'll be fine. So I'm, I'm, you'll be nowhere near me because yeah, I'll be I, the wall already. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have great. David Day. Yeah, no, I was thinking uh, um, that, uh, you know, what I would be most excited about, about uh, having uh, um, a wheel. Yeah. It will be uh, oddly enough to see uh, my niece reaction to it because uh, she likes cars. Yeah. And um, she calls them broom broom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like and, the fact that it's the same in the, in, the, in the UK as well. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's a universal language. Yeah, universal language. kids' language. Yeah, and she likes them and she she likes to um, to see uh, from time to time in the sims I have, uh, you know, in, in a showroom or things like that, uh, cars. And uh, because I still remember when I was uh, really, really young, my cousin uh, having me uh, sit on his lap uh, while, while he was um, on the uh, driving seat of an old uh, Alpha 33, uh, 33 in, in, in Italian, sorry. And um, it, while the car was basically standing still, <laughs> it was just the engine running, but uh, it was such a, a strong um, uh, emotion for me. 
and uh, I tried doing something uh, close to that with my niece uh, and even though the the car was basically uh, sto uh, stopped with the handbrake uh, um, on my sister tried to kill me when she found out <laughs> that I had my niece on my lap uh, on the driving seat uh, doing something like this in a virtual environment and on a, you know, uh, plastic wheel. Uh, oh, yeah, be... when a kid, when my um, nephew, when he comes around, he'll just jump straight in my rig. He just sits there playing with the wheel, you know, like it just, they, they, yeah, they just see it as a toy. And to us, it's, well, be careful with that. That's not, that's not an actual toy. You know, can you, yeah, true. You but know, they, they start, know. they start banging the gear stick. I'm like, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 gentle now, be careful. Um, yeah, it, it's true. But you know, if you if you are careful, I think yeah. that it's a it's a good way to bond with yeah, your, definitely. Uh, like get them involved. Your... And I was it, I was genuinely even thinking about it. <laughs> Funny enough, I was thinking about it. Was I was thinking I could just buy a bus simulator, get my niece around, and go go on in drive. <laughs> and it's a good way for them to learn, isn't it? About the etiquette, yeah, the road, true, and true, things, true, true. and you know. But yeah, yeah, and. It, it's one of those experiences that uh, stick with you, even if it's, uh, you know, a virtual car. Mm. I think that uh, uh, it's still a strong, uh, strong emotion, a strong, um, uh, you know, feeling that yeah. you get uh, when you're a kid. And, uh, completely, completely, uh, completely agree. Completely it's, agree. Something, uh, it's something I look forward to for when I will be able to, <laughs> to get my wheel. Yeah, and I think you'll have, fu you'll have fun with that. And the fact that that stand can nicely fold away I think it'll be really really good yeah I think it's a really really good choice and it's really handy that that was a topic and you're looking to buy a wheel and some kind of stand to go with it and that's that timing is just like it's like I knew that that's what you're going to look for so yeah brilliant yeah, cosmic yeah. Uh, chains and yeah brilliant like and we'll, 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 we'll talk we'll try and I think next one we'll talk about you know direct drive wheels and the and the next the next level kind of stuff because I think there's a lot to di there's a lot to digest um, around that because you know those making the jump you know the upgrade pool I mean there's a lot of choice out there isn't there so that'll be a good one to kind oh, of break man, down there's an absolute phenomenal amount of choice and again yeah. it's just, just like the entry level stuff these different price points different functionality exactly. yeah. blah 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 so yeah a world of options out there which is nice and also confusion at the same time I think well yeah there's a lot of that too yeah, there is a yeah. lot of that and also it's like you know a bit like I think the challenges you've had with yours is yours isn't necessarily plug and play is where you'd expect the more Fanatec to be plug and play and that's um, a big that's a big to be honest that's a real element, real yeah. selling point for them is yeah there are I'm, I'm fairly knowledgeable about these sorts of things and I'm happy well, to try fail-ish and I'm happy to try and there's a lot of resource on the internet and I'm happy to practice but you're always kind of like chasing the un the unattainable and yeah. you think well I've got it good but I'm sure there's something better out there Yeah, well, it like double, spoils like, it like, uh, you know some games like you know new games that come out like WR uh, WRC8 and things like that you know aren't necessarily going to be compatible with those type of wheels and maybe pedals and so forth. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have that kind of um, discussion uh, next time out. Okay, so I think we've kind of done the entry-level stuff. If you've got any suggestions of any entry-level... Um, ent what? What am I saying? Entry-level equipment, then um, fire us a note on the uh, on the podcast episode thread at racedepartment.com or send us a tweet at racedepartment and uh, let us know. It'd be, um, you know, if there's something we've overlooked or missed, then... Um, or something you think we should investigate. I mean, 
you know, we could we could probably spend about an hour talking about the the the, the wheel on Kickstarter um, at some point as well. That'll be an interesting topic to talk about. The Feel VR, I think it's called. Uh, direct drive wheel that was supposed to be budget and still hasn't come to fruition yet. Uh, backers are starting to ask, where are my goods? But the challenges of Kickstarter, trust me, I've bought stuff before. I've had my fingers burnt. Uh, right. Uh, so, yeah, great. Um, some worthy mentions this week. There's been a lot of news. So, quickly, worthy mentions uh for this week uh sro final that paul was at uh, if you haven't watched that check out our youtube channel and also on twitch at race department and you can watch the final round on that um Assetto course Corsa driver swaps we've been testing those i've did a bit a few tests every day a lot of people reporting they're absolutely fine but we've had a couple of issues so we've locked we've sent our logs to kunos and hopefully they'll have a look at that mclaren and mercedes are coming back together in formula one 2021 which is huge news there's also been updates to dirt 2 for vr which is great because they're um that's finally out Cartcraft has also had an update as well and also it's also had an update is wrc8 as well so lots of stuff out there to uh, we could have talked about so much stuff it's um and i'm hoping the festive period is going to calm down because we're hoping to take a break over December because we want to enjoy uh, Christmas with our friends and families have a few mince pies and have a few um, mulled wines as well Eddie um, mince pies are nasty and the work of the devil so I'll be eating none of those well your loss and more for me yeah that's uh, true that's true yeah yeah, yeah. fair <laughs> point don't forget to uh, as always check out our club racing events you need to be a premium member uh, to take part www.racedepartment.com uh, you know, I've recently put a video together about the racing club rules as well. So they're on our YouTube channel, which basically breaks down the rules and etiquette that we expect from those taking part in those events. Paul, you've been a bit quiet on the YouTube video front. Is that going to... Uh... That's suddenly going to sneak on for a little while longer, okay. I'm afraid. But uh, watch this space. You were Goodbye, bashing so. them out for a while, weren't you? Yeah, and it nearly killed me. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I will be coming back to them shortly. I'm just... Uh, yeah, trying to trying to find uh, a Some way time. to facilitate no. more time into my life, shall we say? Yeah, well, I think you know your name should be Mr. Paul is RD Jeffrey. So, <laughs> Feels you know, like it sometimes. It's a bit busy that you put out there. So, um, yeah, so yeah, if, if anybody wants to cash and send any cash to me, so I can pack my real world job in, do so. I would be oh, great. Oh, if anybody's interested in writing articles to help you out, oh, no, you know, can, content, can, you know, reach better, out, reach out to Paul cash. Jeffrey. You know, I've. I've 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 chipped in with a couple here and there. They've been okay, I think. Um, so you yeah, know, hay, like, hay bales, hay bales floating across yeah, the landscape. Yeah, yeah. yeah, thanks for your support, there, Paul. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they've been awesome. It's true, though. If anybody, it's. I mean, I do. I tend to write the majority, but it's not an exclusive thing. Anyone's written anything good, drop me a PM, link me to it, and if it's. Uh, up to snuff, then we'll get it on front page. Because yeah, the no weekend problem, you were in, um, uh, hold on, Barcelona for the SRO, the McLaren and Mercedes announcement came, and I was like, well, I, I can't ignore that. It's typical, isn't it? Yeah, like, that's just, just, that's just huge. And then, um, 
Yeah, what was the other thing I covered while you were away previous? I can't remember. I did oh, the, the Formula thing. 2 crash in the Lando yeah, thing. Yeah, that was it. So, yeah. there so there's always something. There's always news. Yeah. It's mental, though. You wouldn't believe it, but there is always something. There's always three or four things you can write per day, yeah. minimum. It's just stuff. It's amazing. We live in that world, actually, with sim racing, where it's literally daily things are happening. Yeah. And that's that's... That's pretty damn cool, if you ask me. I really there's a lot. Quite there's excited. a lot of activity. There's a lot of activity. There's a lot. There's lot to be excited about right now. Oh man, it's unbelievable. I've said it a million times, and I'll say it again. It's a golden time to be into the thing that we're into. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm things excited do seem to be, to be on here. a certain trajectory, don't they? Which is up at the moment. Yeah. So, so I mean, all things, all good things must come to an end. Blah blah blah. But at the moment, yeah, happy happy days in the world of sim racing for yeah, sure. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay, uh, make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Search for Race Department. Uh, any closing remarks, Mr. Jeffrey? Uh, be good to one another and love thyself and the world around you. That's all. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Can uh, do something, can... folks who are listening. Every day, do one thing that makes somebody else smile and the world will be a better place. It would, wouldn't it? Don't be miserable, would be yeah. my advice. Yeah, life is short. Make the yeah, most don't, of it. Yeah, don't. If something, if something bad happens to you, don't go on about it for the next hour or for a, a day and be miserable because you're just bringing everyone else down with you. Well, it's not just, so much that. If something bad happens to you, there's something worse happened to somebody someone else. Someone else, exactly always, same time. always. Perspective, yeah. perspective. Yeah, exactly, exactly. David Smell Day, the roses. <laughs> David Day, any final words? Oh, uh, just uh, cheer for Ferrari and Charles Leclerc. Oh, <laughs> see, 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 there we go. See, there you jump. Yeah, we, that, that, well, that's, that's an interesting topic, isn't it? Charles Leclerc versus Sebastian Vettel. Maybe we'll get onto that at some point because that's a whole interesting dynamic right now. Um, I, I honest, uh, we've gone on longer than we would hope because we were trying to do this one, this episode, this, this. So we were like, so we're having a chat about this, like. Cool, the last podcast was long. It was, wasn't it? This one's even longer. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. We're going to try and make it short. And it did not happen. Um, thank you to Paul Jeffrey and David Day, as always. Been a great pleasure. We've, I've really I've really enjoyed it again. I love making this thing. This is great. Hopefully, you've enjoyed listening to it. Uh, please, if you already do, haven't already done so, please do subscribe. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, if you wouldn't mind, it really would help uh, getting us out there. Uh, have a great couple of weeks until we got the next episode. Enjoy your sim race. If you haven't sim raced for a bit, get on your rig, have some fun, do a bit of offline. It's what I did at the weekend and I absolutely loved it. I've been Paul Glover. This has been the Race Department Podcast. Cheerio. <laughs>